This is Simon Fisher back at Akadoria, Moldova, and I have a question for you. The question that is hidden in plain sight. Doctor who? Doctor who? Doctor who? <laughs> We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 237, and we've returned from British Fest. At least two of us have. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I am here. <laughs> I'm Glenn. But he was not at British Fest. I was absent from British Fest. You were not there, unfortunately. How are you guys? Well... <laughs> Are you recovered from your no. weekend excursion, Sean? <laughs> I'm still pooped. I'm kind of tired. Too. My, my apologies to everyone for the show being late this week. We were we had every intention. We were going to get home and, and record Sunday night. And we wound up staying up in Council Bluffs in Omaha longer than we anticipated to. And I didn't sleep well pretty much the whole weekend. Um, and had been fighting it, you know. Just, yeah, and dr- driving home, it was like... <laughs> I had the music cranked. I had the AC cranked because I knew if it got hot in the car, I was a done for. Got all the way home and took my shoes off, and that was all she wrote. It's like, kind of funny no. because Saturday or Sunday afternoon, Holly said, "Are you recording tonight?" I said, "Oh, I doubt it. The guys were at British Fest all weekend. We probably, I think, we're set up to record on Monday." Then <laughs> <laughs> he texted me. It was you or you? It was it was me because yeah. we were texting. Back he texted and forth me and said, uh, "If we can <laughs> record later this week," and I was like, "I, I, I actually had already." I was already in for the night. <laughs> well, and then we had to record even later because I worked a day shift today. Actually, you're tired because you worked a, you worked last night, and then you turned around and did a morning shift. Yeah, well, a day, a day shift, ten to ten to six, because of the All Star Game, yay! Which we won, yay! We did. There's teams. Everybody's a winner. <laughs> American League won. Right away. Oh. Is that the Royals? So the Royals won. Yay! How many many wound up getting out on the Some of the Royals won. Yay! (laughs) If you listen to the voters, apparently the important Royals won. (laughs) One's won. Yay! Well, we'll get to our British Fest uh, adventures after a bit, but did you guys do anything fun this week besides our excursion? I saw a couple movies. What did you see? What did you see? What did I see? Uh, The kids and I went to one of the morning matinee shows. And saw Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, which is the third one in the series. How was it? That's good. It's a good um, wrap up for the series, I thought. Um, probably, I didn't. Have, it wasn't as epic in scope as the second one was, the Smithsonian one. But it, I actually, I think I enjoyed it better than the Smithsonian. I think it was, it was the the fun and the heart of the original one was there again. Oh, that's and good. So it was, it was a nice closing chapter and it was nice to see some familiar faces back a couple of them for the last time <laughs> as in you know well as, yeah. in, as enjoyable as the second one it was it did almost feel like a cash grab like they're riding the skirt tails of the first one being so successful yeah. so let's try to do it, it again one, yeah. with a bigger scope and it's been long enough yeah. between two and three that that's probably it can return more to its roots um but yeah to see um robin williams Post death, that was kind of tough, and then um, Mickey Rooney's in it as well. So oh, just geez. a brief cameo, but I mean, fortunately, they were able to get him back before he passed. Yeah, because he was one of the originals. 
yeah, that was, it was it was good. We quite enjoyed it. Uh, Mason hadn't seen any of them, so Caitlin, before we went, was <laughs> catching him up. <laughs> but he's one of those kind of kids that he, he I think he likes to see things. You know, in order. But yeah. he's one of those kids that can just jump in and then go back not, and yeah later. See well, it. and usually with especially with the kids' movies, they do a good enough job of making them stand alone, where you don't necessarily yeah. have to have. I'll tell you as though, much backstory. I did not like Rebel. Is it Rebel Wilson? Is that her name? The blonde-haired, oh, heavy yeah. girl from um, Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. She's not really British, right? Actually, I think she is. Is she? I think so. Oh. I'll, 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 let me let me debut her. I will apologize for <laughs> thinking she did a. Horrible, horrible Essex um, accent. Horrible. Oh, she's Australian. Oh, well, that's why she did a horrible Essex <laughs> accent. I knew she was an American. Now that I think about it, it kind of had a bit of an uh, Australian tinge to it. Glenn's so. sitting here in the studio fist pumping in the air. Called <laughs> <laughs> um, That was good. And then I finally finished watching all of the Terminator films, including Terminator Genesis. Oh, I you went, still haven't uh, seen it. I still haven't seen it. I went. Uh, well, right, I won't so give you spoiler free review. I won't give anything away. Um, well, <laughs> I might. <laughs> no, um, I went after work. <laughs> I, I know who Matt Smith is. <laughs> yeah, he. You want to tell that story? <laughs> what Snoopy? <laughs> I was curious. I knew it was going to be anytime soon. I was going to. It wasn't it, so who I you thought. On. No, it wasn't. It was a bit of a although my of a surprise. I and I don't. I don't know the context of his character either. So I just know who he's supposed to be. I was just cu- curiosity barely, got the better of barely in it. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Anyway, continue. Um, Spoiler free review. It was fun. It was. It's really. It's. I don't know. It, it's not a great film. It's not even really a splendid film. It's just kind of there. It's. I, I went into it with higher expectations. I wasn't all that excited about it until I had seen Cameron's quote about this is the true third film in the series and this is the true sequel. To and so that got me excited because I thought, okay, if the man that did the first two films, which I love, the Terminator, I think it's overrated, but it's it's a nice setup to the series. And T2 is phenomenal. I, I absolutely love that film. This one, I guess I went into it with higher expectations. It... It does some clever things with the plot twist, with the time twist, but it's almost rewriting – it almost rewrote all the jokes is what it did, which is what I don't like about a film Mm -hmm. when they they decide, okay, we we have a list of of homages we're going to hit on. I don't mind when you do homages to previous films. But when and this almost felt like there was a checklist and I could have gone, okay, there's that one, there's that one. Kind of like there's the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think the time travel works well. Mm. The guy that played John Connor, who is not Matt Smith, <laughs> who I thought well, was well, be. give that right right now, was terrible. I was horrible, and not because of the direction they take the character, but the actor was just horrible. I don't know if what I've seen him in before. He looked familiar. Don't the Planet of the Apes. Oh, that's right. He was the... Uh, he was the main hero. Yeah, that's right. Which oh, he just okay. find a good job. He yeah, I loved him in that. In that. Yeah. I loved him in that. See, I, didn't, I thought John Connor was cool. It was Kyle Reese that I had problems with because yeah, he was just kind of there. That was... The, yeah. And Khaleesi <laughs> well, does fine as... Sarah that actor's everyone's back. At though. times you look at... 
You look at uh, the actress, I don't know what her real name is. Uh, Amelia Clark. You look at Amelia Clark sometimes and you actually go, oh, that, she really does look like Sarah Connor, you know? But um, I don't know. The, 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 the shining beacon of this film that actually made it worthwhile is Arnold. That's what everyone's been saying. This this movie was, the, what made this movie was, this was like watching an old uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger film from from beginning to end. And it was like, if he had not been there, this would have been a total waste of my time. But him being in there in the presence that he had was just phenomenal. It was, it was, you know, I've seen a few things since he's been back into acting, mostly Expendables. But, but this really felt like, oh, Arnold's back. You know, this felt better than any of his later films that he did, if, later roles that he did, it's because this one's so familiar to him. But um, yeah, yeah, he just he shined. He was he was wonderful. So yeah, I give it a you know. Meandering, yeah, it was it was worth it. It was worth seeing. Is it the is it even better than I mean? I'm not a huge fan of Rise of the Machines, but I think I identify that Rise of the Machines was a pretty good movie. I mean, it gets a lot of flack. I think Terminator Salvation, which I think Genesis is slightly better than Salvation, but I think uh, uh, Terminator Salvation is a good film. The ending's a little, <laughs> but I think overall it's a pretty decent film. What I like about Salvation is there's no time travel to worry about. It's all set right in one era. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, it, yeah, it just I, I I wanted more bang for the buck, and it was just it wasn't there. I wonder if that's maybe because of <clears throat> the director's comments that Paramount specifically ordered this to be the first of a trilogy. And that he he admitted he said there's pretty huge plot holes. Oh yeah, there was. That was another story. problem with it. Yeah. But he says, rest assured, we have the answers. They were all worked out ahead of time. Oh. But Paramount made us hold a bunch of stuff back so that we could work it into the next film. I think if somebody, and I wonder maybe if that if was part somebody of it. pointed well, that might out serve to its detriment because yeah. if it doesn't do as well as Paramount hopes, then they might it's not doing get extremely well overseas. It's just not doing well here. I don't think that this gives anything away. If somebody pointed out the plot holes, I would go, oh, yeah, okay, that makes it. Yeah, you're right. There's a plot hole there. The one, the glaring one, and it's not even a plot hole. It was more of a left unanswered was who sent that was who sent him back. Yeah. That, that's that's, 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 that's one, one of them that he specifically and, 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 and then after that film was done and they did not answer that question, that was my thought was, oh, great. They've got more films planned out, which <laughs> – it's like they they tried to reboot. Is it like you know nobody can reboot anything like Star Trek again? Because Star Trek, when Abrams did Star Trek, he rebooted it in a way that it still can exist, can, can still coincide with the universe, and still be a, a restart. Yeah. And it seems like everybody's trying to do that now. That's how everybody's trying to reboot everything with with keeping and it's it just doesn't work unless you do it right. And I don't think Terminator Genesis did it right. And I agree with you. But I am much more pleased with the way they spell Genesis. <laughs> now that I know what the now that now that I've I know seen the it, MacGuffin. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> now that I know the MacGuffin, it's it's I'm, not just some network executive being stupid. Fine <laughs> Perfectly fine with that name now. Got to spell it with a Z. What? <laughs> Terminator Z. Yeah, because everything's got to be Z. Oh, you yeah. mean for like another one? Because this one was with a Y. <laughs> Genesis. Genesis. I, I, I found it to be enjoyable, but I, I tend to, like I said, and I even came back on after rewatching Salvation and was like, wow, this was actually yeah, you were better than I remember being. Yeah. I had um, only seen it once in the theater, so when I rewatched it last week, it was like, okay. I was- Did you watch the theatrical or the uh, uh, director's cut? 
think I watched the director's cut. I'm not sure what version. Any idea what the new footage is? No, not at all. <laughs> because I, that was my. I think I did it's watch three the minutes cut. difference, and I'm still not sure. No, I, I think I did watch the director's cut, and because I was thinking, okay, I'm going to focus and see if I can tell what's been added in here. <laughs> nope. <laughs> three more minutes for a director's cut. Yeah, we, well, we've got we've got it, and sometimes it makes a difference. Rathacon's director's cuts even better than Rathacon. We uh, we've got it narrowed down to one of two scenes. It's either the open. Because Adam doesn't remember that being there when he saw it in theaters. Or it's the scene where he comes and saves her from the thugs, which seems like it's randomly dropped in. It's well, got no, a no, weird no, the, jump in there. The open is him in the jail cell, right? Yeah. No, that was definitely there in the theater. I remember okay. that. Then I, I stand by, I, I think it's probably that one. I remember getting dropped into that and going, I mean, the first time I saw it, I remember dropping into it and going, where, where are we going with this? And then <laughs> it, the payoff's later, but... Except I think that scene spoils the payoff, quite honestly. Uh, when he's laying there and then he's awake, then I'm like, well, okay. just the fact that she I, I think him, I figured out he was machine long before anybody yeah, else well, figured she, out. She hands him you know. the piece of paper saying, we want Cyberdyne wants yeah. your body for science. Oh, well, we know where this is going to exactly. go. <laughs> and then they spend the rest of the film trying to make you think maybe he isn't. And it's like, no, Which is why no, that is. maybe in the director's cut they should take that scene out and then give us in a flashback. Because you have to have yeah. – is, is that um, uh, Tim Burton's ex-wife? What's her name? Johnny uh, um, Depp's um, yes. Helen sidekick. Helena Bonham Carter. That's Helen Bonham Carter. Is mm-hmm. that what that is? Okay. I thought that's what it looked like. I forgot she was in that too. Yeah. She's the – she's – yeah. You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. It's been a long time. She's the, I think I've only seen it once. She's the face of uh, – Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne. Oh, I don't think I realized that. Or I blocked that. I don't remember. <laughs> Like I said, when we started, it was like, oh, wow. I forgot so-and-so was in that. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of in this. Oh, hey. There's a lot of good people in this movie. Why didn't I like this? <laughs> she, she's, I partially blame McGee. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter? Not being played by Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> you know, McGee, <laughs> he's a competent action director. He may not be a good action director, but he's a competent action director. He's kind of like Brett Ratner in that regard. He's one of those, you know, he's one of those guys that I hear so much flack about, but I have no idea who the guy is. I mean, I've, ne- I've never seen an interview with the guy. I've only seen. Oh yeah, I don't I've think seen, I have either. I've seen maybe two films that he's ever directed. Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, Terminator, Salvation. There's three for you. He's, I've seen he's, three movies. He's been, <laughs> he's been a producer on a lot of TV shows. I like and Charlie's where Angels. I, know him more I didn't from. like Full Throttle. I didn't like but Full I liked Throttle Charlie, either. Charlie's Angels. That was good. That's where he got his name. Well, he Charlie's used to direct. Um, he started with music, music videos. videos. Well, a lot of directors start with music videos. Michael so. Bay. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I didn't do much else. I've, I'm in season two of Clone Wars, and I am too. Um, Did you get back to Geonosis yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, there was one episode in there. I was Boring as heck, though. What was it? The spy one. <laughs> the oh Padme. Yeah. Gosh. I only oh, half watched yeah. that one. That one was terrible. Oh, my gosh. I thought, it's a good thing they dropped this in the middle of the season, because this was dry. <laughs> well, and you get such a strong open with, like, three episodes well, with Bat- uh, Kane, uh, Bane. Bat- Bane Kane, whatever his name is. Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Cad Bane, yeah. <laughs> and those were awesome. And then this Padme pseudo-love story spy thing, which sucked. And then you get this big Geonosis arc. Which is awesome. Yeah, I think and I'm only halfway through because I don't think they have just finally taken the city, and it seems like there's a couple. There's another. It seems like I'm on a three episode arc. Maybe they tend to do 
two or three episodes. Yeah. And they go more than that. Because they, they have to go after the droid foundry. I looked at the... Yeah, yeah that's, that's the next that's, one. That's the that's one I the just one finished. That's the one I'm getting ready to start. The... <laughs> And you ask if we were going to watch these in chronological order, if we were going to watch them <laughs> in air order. And I thought, I don't watch them in air order. I mean, that's that's how everybody else experienced them. And then I, I, keep, I keep watching the first season. I'm thinking, well, surely it can't be that bad. Man, it jumps everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And then it finally, it's not until and, you get to Geonosis that it, you realize well, it's no, it, it. And then it, it, it settles into a pattern of we're not jumping around. And oh, then it, it jumps around it, again. It does a stretch of arcs <laughs> where it stays in one time place yeah. and plays for yeah, a while. Why on earth jumps. would they do that? But, I mean, it works. It's fine. It's, it, I don't, I'm, I'm not lost. I, I think they, but when you see clips from the movie and then you see the setup to the movie <laughs> mid-season one, I was like. Well, and then there's some stuff that. Or setup two. There's Anakin some stuff like in season two, I think, that. They pay off things that happen in the movie, uh-huh. like they come back and revisit things from that. So that's why sometimes you'll be seeing clips from the movie. Now I say there were uh, about a dozen times I I started. Well, that was with Bane, I think, right? Cad Bane. Cad Bane mm-hmm. was zero. A zero come back. Yeah, yeah. He okay. rescued him yeah. at the beginning okay. of the season, but but it was because he'd been captured in the film. Yeah. So I mean, that's, so that, that's why that's you're seeing post. flashbacks. And no, no, no. There were there was a was there was one time? where you saw them running with. Uh, the uh, little little the job baby. on his oh, back, yeah. and uh, in a setup clip, and then they didn't ever address that. I was like, <laughs> "What in the world?" Um, the clips and the voiceover at the beginning, I just take as well. They're, they're winding me up. No, no, no. <laughs> the, 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 the clips in the it's setup like the at the call. beginning, even though it's stuff from you know, it, it's sometimes it's of, stuff from the episode you're about to watch. But it, it well, it does lead into. It is very they're very well done. If if you're going to jump around in a timeline, that's the way to do it because it really ca- I feel like it catches me up in that minute mm-hmm. that they, they do that. Yeah, and so or it's not even minutes, like thirty seconds. Yeah. They do that. So well, I, I, the I, jumping I around and the way it's formatted it gives it almost more of a pulp feel to me. A little bit, yeah. Uh, and like I say, it works. It's not. It's not a problem. Well, but I didn't think I'd notice. Very... I didn't think I'd notice oh, that I wasn't watching it's... it chronologically. But... <laughs> yeah, Clutter, World War II to... newsreel too. Yeah, with Tom yeah. Kane. Doing oh, I think it. I read that the only full season that is chronologically this is in order is the last is one, the last right? season yeah. the last the last episodes or lost stories. The um, now there I, are long chunks where they're in order is, and it's yeah, fine. But this is. I, I I had a bunch of false starts on this series because I, I really still think the first probably the very first episode is phenomenal. It's still one of my favorite episodes with the the rookies and, and you know Oh yeah. Love that. And then, and then I think the movie's kind of weak. I think it's got good moments, but it's 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 better if you break it up in three chunks. Yeah, it would work. But I've had a lot of false starts because the, the the first episode is really good, and then I always seem to fall off like five or six episodes in and go, this really isn't very good. You just you have to you get have to, to a point in uh, season one, and it gets really good, well, and I, it just trot, it just trucks right on to the end of the season. And I think then some of it helps. There's been a solid start for season two. It's usually, I think it's, it's about, about that, that halfway silly point. Spy episode. Yeah, oh I think God. it's about the halfway point of season one is where it really. Because yeah. it was one of those that's like I was going to watch it anyway because it's Star Wars, but it was just kind of like la 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 la, la meandering a little bit, and then all of a sudden. It, it got it got good. I'm really I think it helps when they start focusing on the rookies, on that rookie, that team of rookies that, you, and then we flash back and yeah, and, and jump around. I like kind the of with two, them, and you see I like more the, of their story, and that's when the first season. Gets I better. like the uh, the two reoccurring stormtroopers too. I can't remember their names, but apparently they have a huge payoff in series six. Like they're it's not Rex and 
no, no, the, no, the no, two no. The, the two guys, the two that guys were, that helped the little uh, girl, girl, the little toilet girl. And, okay, I'm trying to remember which. And then they were. showed up again in, in, on the Battle of Geos- yeah. Genosis. Um, so he sent him after to go rescue Obi Wan. Like, yeah, we yeah. get all the fun jobs. <laughs> <laughs> the fun job will not be getting shot when we come back. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. And then I, I read that that they'll have a huge payoff in the sixth sixth. Mm-hmm. That they've got there's a they, their story is like resolved and and they're in fact. I read a little too much because I was like, <laughs> well, these guys are going to be super awesome in Series 6. So. I'm, I'm just embarrassed that I'm such a Star Wars fan and it's taken me this long to get into the Clone Wars. But I'm really enjoying it now. I'll, I'll warn you, after I, I petered out after Season 3 and I'm still kind of struggling to get through Season 4. So I, I wonder if it's, if it's me or if it's a dip. So I'll be interested to see what you guys think mm. when you get there. Um, what else? I finished Ghostlight, the novel, the novelization. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, I'll watch this Friday with you guys. But um, the novelization. I don't. I don't know whether to wait and say what I <laughs> think of the novel. <laughs> Let's hold on to it. Let's just put it this way: Ghostlight should never have been made for television. Um, and too too, way too complex. And I started Roundheads, which is our well. That's not ours, but it's the uh, Traveling, Traveling the Vortex Books. Book Club Book of the Month for July. That is a uh, second Doctor, Jamie, Polly, and Ben story. And it's, from what I understand, nearly purely historical. But it's also written by Mark Gaddis, and I'm most of the way through Chapter 1, and it's really good. I mean, it's, it's really mm. captivating, so I'm just going to stick with that one. I think I told you I finished New Dawn. Is that the name of the? You told per- me. I don't think you mentioned. Yeah, it on the I finished this for the first Star Wars uh, yeah. book that came out. It's not chronological. So have you started uh, Rebels then? I haven't. We, uh, we uh, uh, Mason and I were going to start it this weekend, and a bunch of stuff got in the way. So we're, uh, we're going to try. We're going to shoot for next weekend because uh, Caitlin and Holly have some stuff they're going to do. So we're going to try and sit down and watch, knock out some episodes of it. Of course, now he's <laughs> chomping at the bit to start Clone Wars. I'm like, well, you better hurry up and catch up to me because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not waiting on you. <laughs> I don't think I watched anything. Um, I know I didn't watch any movies. I picked back up Ready Player One. Uh, and this is my third time starting to read it. And I finally got to a point where it's really good and really picking up. I think my problem with it was the first 50 pages are very heavily world building and setting up the civilization and setting up what the Oasis is. And that's this computer world kind of like... It's a virtual reality computer world, like The Sims, but multi-online player. Probably more like uh, Second Life. Yeah, 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 it'd be more like Second Life. But there are these worlds where you can go quest and do a whole bunch of other stuff, so it's kind of like all of these MMOs mashed together into one. And it's just reiterating what this is over and over for 50 pages. (laughs) And I'm like, I get it, let's get get going. Was Was it written at a time before those were... Really big. Uh, that book's only. I'm not sure when the book came out. Let me double check. 2011, I believe. Yeah, it's it's not. If I like to think that it's just because I'm kind of more quote unquote plugged in and aware of those sort of things, and like if my mom was reading it, she would probably need that sort of Excellent. reiteration. I understood why he did it. So it's but, a book about geeks, but not written for geeks. Well, no, I th- it is. should be. That's the thing. No, yeah. no, it, it is, but he's trying to also make it accessible to non-geeks. Because mm. there are all sorts of references, like he winds up playing Joust against this 
mythical creature. Joust? What the heck's that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and a lot of people would go, what the heck is Joust? My mom would know Joust. Oh, and then, was, but there's, there's, a, joust when she there's a nice quick synopsis of this is what the game is and how it works if you've never played it before. But there's a lot of stuff that I, I think Sarah would get and a lot of stuff she wouldn't, and I would consider her a geek. So it just depends on where your knowledge lies. And he does a good job of explaining any re- most references. I think there's a lot that is just kind of like, if you don't understand it, he's just moving on. It's not important. It's a nice little nugget for you. But otherwise, you just go on. But I'm up to 100, page 100 now, and it's I got once I got to 75, pretty much, if you're, if you're picking it up and struggling with it, get this page 75. And that's page numbers again. <laughs> well, yeah, but now you know. 75. It's a round number. It's a good round number. And, You'll be and, and that's probably not even the exact number because it's just about, a, oh, okay, now we're getting going. And you'll kind of see where it's where the story's picking up and how it's gonna, what's going to happen and why it starts picking up. I'm not going to go into it too much. but And then I've been balancing that with playing some Lego Hobbit. I'm through the first movie story-wise. I picked up uh, Marvel... Lego Marvel, Lego Marvel superheroes. superheroes again the other day and played a little bit to try to get some of the hub stuff done. Yeah, there's a lot in there. I'd been kind of itching the game and I was like, well, I don't know. I have a, a stack and I'm like, oh, I don't know what I want to play. I want something. It's been a while since I've game, so I wanted something pretty easy. So I went like to the bounce library. in and out of too. Yeah, so I went to the library and picked it up. So I don't feel bad not buying it because it's not finished. Oh, I, 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 I I'm thinking of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I'm not. I, I've, I've already fin- done Lord of the Rings. I didn't even finish that one. I, I fell so far behind. <laughs> well, and there's some of that stuff too. And they added uh, for Hobbit. Oh. They added some of the Lego Movie stuff into it, where you build like kits to do stuff, and which wasn't in the previous games. Right. It's it's been rather enjoyable so far. I'm uh, I'm actually pretty back to Clone Wars briefly. I'm really excited. I want to go back and pick back up Lego Clone Wars oh. now because I keep seeing a <laughs> lot of things lot going. Like- <laughs> I remember this in the game. <laughs> That'll <laughs> make sense now. Yeah. <laughs> that tw- Twi'lek uh, episode that I was talking about, where the, they're trapped. Oh they're, yeah, that was a level, that was part wasn't of, it? Yeah, that was one of the levels. That wall that you go up against with all the guards, and then you go to through that city and you bounce on the. Things oh, you, they, nobody does any bouncing in the well, series, yeah. but <laughs> you, you it's so bizarre it. playing a, one of the Lego games where you don't know the story of what's going on. Yeah, I, I, probably the first <laughs> especially time before there I was dialogue. Yeah. At least with Lord of the Rings, even though I wasn't as I didn't remember the story as well, I at least knew what was happening <laughs> because there was dialogue. Now I just realized. I guess I, I, I own it. I still haven't played Lego Three. Well, so I've, not, I've never played. Oh, yeah, there you go. Finish Clone Wars and then play. Well, at least I think, I think it was it's only like second, first or second season. Yeah, it came out, out really early. Yeah, one of those those tram things on uh, Grievous's ship, the ones that they. Oh, <laughs> you had, but I had a heck of a time getting past. That's where they came from. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't just a devious uh, game designer. Yeah, <laughs> making me shoo C three PO across there. Oh my god. <laughs> Hunter tries getting that stupid droid across. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to playing more of the Lego Hobbit. And I, I think I must have subconsciously wanted a game and pick it up, knowing that uh, San Diego Comic Con was happening. Because <laughs> I, I, it just dawned on me after like this past weekend. Okay, I, last year I was playing Lego Lord of the Rings, and while doing free play, the mindless stuff, listening to the 
Nerd HQ panels while doing that, and I must have subconsciously linked it to him. Like, I, I need a Lego game. San, San Diego Comic Con's coming up, and yet I have not gotten to any of the panels. So it's, it's bizarre when you're at your own convention when San Diego's going on because you don't get to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, a lot of catching up when we got home. We um, played some Peggle too. It's been my my recent obsession. Gaming because I love pickle. It threw me though because you start off with Bjorn the unicorn and it's Ode to Joy, and then you get into the second master and it's um, oh is it the the beaver dude? No, it's a, a different one. It's um, a what troll is- under a bridge yeah. that he oh. he's called Jeff and they everything out of his mouth is dialogue from The Big Lebowski, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Um, but his his music is different. It's the uh, it's not the eighteen twelve overture. It's uh, I don't know another piece of equally well known classical music, which I cannot for the life of me remember the name of right now. And it's cool, but it's not Ode to Joy. Is it Peggle Two or is it Peggle Blast? This is Peggle Two. Oh, okay. On the Xbox. I, I it's playing, on the Xbox One. I start playing Peggle Blast. So okay. That's but, why I thought it was the Beaver or whatever. Well, the Beaver is not in the. Pegel Blast, either, is he? I think so. I thought they introduced a new character. I know they got Bjorn's evil brother. Yeah. Fjorn. Fjorn. <laughs> I'm pulling up Pegel Blast now in front oh, of no, <laughs> um, Mel and I started our rewatch of the Mission Impossible movies last night. Got through the first one. I may do that again. I did that uh, last year, two years ago, when Ghost Protocol came out. And um, just thoroughly enjoyed it. The mystery is not there for me by this point. <laughs> Every, everything that a certain character does is like, oh, you're guilty. You are yeah. so guilty. <laughs> How did I not see this the first time around? Because I was generally kind of surprised. But, uh, yeah, now it's like, you bad guy, you bad guy, you. And I, I still maintain that uh, I have yet to find a uh, Gideon-stamped Bible. Checked again this weekend. <laughs> the one in my uh, hotel. For real? They're, they also they, they all say placed by the Gideons, but the the plot element, the huge dun 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 moment of Mission Impossible is when he opens the Bible and it says placed at the Drake Hotel Chicago by the Gideons, and it's a stamp. And it's like first of all, you would have had to manufacture that stamp, and then stamped all those Bibles. I don't know how big the Drake Hotel is, but did you really need to pay to manufacture a stamp <laughs> for at most a thousand? You know. But not one Bible that I've picked up at any hotel room has had a stamp saying it was placed at this hotel by the... Ah, like I said, maybe I'm staying in the wrong hotels. I don't know. I'm willing to concede you that. you go to the Clark Hotel in Chicago. I'm, that's Drake. 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 That's next on my list, actually. Go so to Chicago TARDIS and stay there. I'm going to stay at the Drake Hotel in Chicago and rummage through their drawers because it's bugging me, man. <laughs> <laughs> they stamped it, didn't they? Those damn Gideons. And I'm just like, no! But... That was pretty much it. We had, we had a big con thing this weekend, but I suspect <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I uh, should talk about my gifts before we get too far. I got the other half of my birthday gift from Sean, and I opened it tonight, and it's, part of it is this really, really, really cool Muppet Show game from probably 1978, I would guess. There's a date on it somewhere. We're not sure because it's, uh, oh yeah, it is on the side here. Nope. <laughs> My bifocal's kicking in here. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> 77. 77. Oh, it's, look at me. I was only a year off. Um, 
Original, The Muppet Show Game. Directed by Kermit the Frog. Produced by Parker Brothers, starring Jim Henson's Muppets. And it's super awesome, and it's in cellophane. And we don't know if it's original or not, so I don't know if I can open it. You don't so. know if the cellophane is original. <laughs> the game is original. The game is definitely original. I can open it right now. We can and settle that. the other thing that I got... I'm just going to do I'm it. Gonna, I'm just, I'm no, just gonna. I'll toil with it for a while. The other thing I got, though, I think we'll I've decided I'm not going to open because it's going to look cool on a wall on the packaging, is the Doctor Who USA Tour buttons that uh, they gave out in 1986... When the doctor toured America with, I presume that was Sylvester McCoy then. His doctor? Um, I think so. I didn't get to see him, but I got to see, like, this is, I've mentioned before, the big gigantic touring tractor trailer full of props Bus. that that, uh, that rolled through. And uh, this was a button that I, I, re- I didn't, I'd completely forgotten about it until I saw it. It was one of the vendors' tables at British Fest had that button, and I went, ah! I had one of those. I'll take pictures and try to remember to do it this week. The other thing I got was, I don't know if anybody's familiar. Oh. Um, the Five-ish <laughs> Fangirls had a little giveaway for their uh, one-year anniversary show, which I did also partake in. So I felt a little guilty winning because I was actually on the show they announced. The it was rigged. Shh. Sounds, no, it sounds wasn't rigged. rigged to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I heard them draw my name, so. In fact, they had, they had Chauncey draw it, and he was in, so he's in part of it. I mean, okay. okay, so Chauncey drew it. Um, and I got it in the mail today. Not today. I got it on uh, Tuesday, I believe. No, Thursday. Yeah, got it Thursday. Um, and uh, they had, first, when they were talking about on the show about me winning, and uh, they said that first that they, they were going to have me open it with my kids. Or actually, they, they, they said the stuff in here I could share with my kids. And so immediately I thought, well, I'm not going to open for this in front of my kids. So they don't know I have it. <laughs> and then they suggested that I open it on the show. And that worked until about Thursday night when I thought, well, I'm not going to see the guys until next week. I can't wait that long. So the third thing they did was this week, last or last week's show, not this week's show, last week's show, was their uh, tribute to Back to the Future. Because as you know, last weekend oh, was yeah. the 30th anniversary of, of Back to the I Future. Missed. And... I half expected, as somebody had suggested, one of the gals had suggested putting, <laughs> don't open until 1985, <laughs> which I could have justified because 1985 was so long ago that if I hadn't opened it in 1985, I still could open it now. So it's true. It's ret- retroactive. Anyway, but I did open the gift, and I did look through it, but I wanted to share the goodies that I got from the ladies. So first up is a, I believe it's a sticker that has... Uh, an anime version of Captain America, and the bottom it says language. <laughs> so that's funny. And then I also got, and Caitlin is jazzed to do these because she loves Mad Libs, and I love Mad Libs as well. <laughs> um, Doctor Who, Mad Libs. And uh, I already told Caitlin that we're going to have to like write on another piece of paper our answers so that we can use it over and over again, and we don't have to mark in the book, mark it up. So can I just take it to work and photocopy it? It's a good idea, Sean. I wish I'd have thought of that. Because nobody at work minds when you photocopy. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to include that in our next after. fun and games. Oh, there you go. Ooh. We could do Doctor Madlibs. We could do them live. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, all that interactive. Ooh. Yeah. Um, got a couple of... We should save that for a panel. <laughs> we should do that at Time Eddie. We should do Doctor Who Mad Libs. Yeah, just, why not? Just, why not? Um, got we'll, a get a, of, we'll get an overhead projector. <laughs> we'll just... A couple of Doctor Who comics. Um, that particular story arc that we liked with uh, the 10th Doctor and the Angels set in World War II. 
And it's got the cool black and oh, white. Oh, you got the variant. Yep, black and white uh, angel variant cover. And then the 12th Doctor uh, variant cover with the pose that I absolutely love. And that's and, issue one, right? Huh? That's issue one, right? That is issue one. Yeah, that's the first one. It says, no frills, no scarf, no messing, just 100% Rebel Time Lord. So that's kind of cool. That's really cool, and then she did throw in another comic called Netmeg. And she put a note on here that says, This comic is written by a good friend of mine. I hope you like it. Rachel. And uh, if you look through it, uh, I haven't read it yet, so I don't know. But it was an indie pop con exclusive. And it looks like a story about maybe two girls at boarding school. No, nah, maybe not boarding school, but like Catholic school or something. But I don't they're know what the premise is. But the, yeah, they're in uh, uniforms. But the uh, the artwork is great. It's really cool. Um, and then uh, it's almost got kind of a watercolor feel. It to does it. have a watercolor feel to it, and I like the lettering too. It's different. It's not it's not your typical comic book. I always also kind of appreciate right. when sometimes the comics are not glossy finishes when they're matte. It is. Finish. It's kind of a matte finish. I didn't notice that either. But you're right. It sure does. It's a nice change of pace occasionally. Kind of reminds me of the old days when they were that newspaper print. <laughs> well, it's not quite that. But yeah, it's but kind it, of that matte print. Yeah. Anyway, and then um, in here were some business cards that I was instructed to hand out. So first we have the five-ish fangirls um, business cards, official business cards. That These are your stacks. Woo! And, uh, they are some very good-looking uh, business cards. And, and better I, than I, ours. They're even better than Way ours. Way better than yeah. ours. Well, until we get our new pack, because I trust Sean. will Way better than make ours. Make some improvements. <laughs> <laughs> these are glossy, one. I know. I know. And you got Matt, I know. <laughs> Unlike the comic book, I think... Uh, <laughs> business cards are think, better when they're business glossy. Business cards are better glossy. I think business cards might be better glossy, Glenn. Sure. <laughs> uh, and then there was another card in here that I think she got from Indie PopCon, which is uh, Andre, YouTube Black Nerd Comedy. So I'm going to have to get on and look this up because I'm not sure what the reference is on that, but that's pretty cool. And then uh, Ooh, there's North also America. some Who North America cards here that uh, looks like there's two each for us. So um, one for us and one to give away and promote Who North America. because Oh, and also in here is something that I keep dropping on the floor. It's uh, a button. A button. What's, what's this from, though? I don't know what it's, this it's is. It's Sherlock. That's Sherlock. uh, Sherlock's wall. Oh, it is. With the, the smiley face nah. from... It's the final episode of season one. The episode the one where he's trying to me. figure out about the smiley faces. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. And one. And then he shoots now. the wall. Oh, right, right, right. I think that's the same episode. I was bored. Well, she said there bored, was some Sherlock bored, in there, bored. and I, I suspected that must have been it. And I just couldn't remember the reference. So that's going on my backpack because yeah. my backpack's gonna be filled with like Doctor Who and Sherlock and Marvel, and, and I can't put the buttons on there though because they <laughs> look so good on the, the original packaging of the card. She also included a note that said, "Glenn, congratulations." On winning our first birthday giveaway, we hope you enjoy the prizes. There are some Doctor Who, Sherlock, Marvel, and more. We can't thank you enough for your support. It means so much. Hopefully our pals will cross and we will finally meet in person. Until then, we'll see you on the Internet. Rachel. P.S. I've also included some business cards for the guys from Who North America and our own, our, and our own for you guys. So there you go. And thank you so much. And. Um, again, if you're not listening to the Five-ish Fangirls podcast, you need to be. Uh, they talk about a lot of pop culture and uh, geek um, 
topics and fandoms, and they're all very knowledgeable in in all of those fandoms. So make sure you check them out. They are on iTunes now, which is huge because that gives that opens them up to so much more um, uh, exposure. Yeah, it makes them a lot easier to download and listen to for us iTunes users. We're definitely going to have to step up our game. The the Traveling the Vortex Prize Vault yeah. is nowhere near as cool. <laughs> nowhere near as cool as this one. They, yeah. they, I, th- I think these are actually bordering on, on prizes of Epic Game Show proportions. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. I'll put it back in their bag. <laughs> Thank you again, ladies. And thanks for the business card. All right, should we move on to news? Ironically, I think the first convention we'll get to hand these out at is the one that Rachel's going to try and come to. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, I was thinking the other day, I said, oh, we, we've never met any of the girls. And then I went, oh, wait. Yes, you have. We met Chrissy. <laughs> I have pictures of you getting beaten up by Chrissy. <laughs> yeah, don't make um, Fifth Doctor references disparaging Fifth Doctor references. All right? he said was, I don't see how 5e could be anybody's doctor. <laughs> Apparently, it's a hot topic button. So, never assume that anybody can never be anybody's doctor. Yeah, Chrissy, she's probably always thought of me as the um, fifth Doctor hating guy that got her lost in L.A. So <laughs> she also remembers me getting spit at in the restaurant. So well, that part lots of reasons to remember you. <laughs> and technically, you didn't get us lost. Siri got us lost. Well, that's true. Credit was, where credit is due. I was trusting Siri. <laughs> that's what happens when you trust Siri. Did you guys see? I'm sorry, we got off topic here, but <laughs> somebody had posted that they asked Siri if they could. It said, "Yes, Siri, can you can I call you Jarvis?" And I don't remember what it was. Uh, Shelley on Facebook said, uh, "Her said, what was the response that it got?" It said, uh, "I'm not going to put together an iron suit for you or something to that effect." <laughs> oh, that's cool. And so I asked Siri, "Can I may call you or can I call you Jarvis?" And she came back and she said. Mr. Stark, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. It reminds me a little bit of the, the thing that's circulating now where after uh, all the leaks from, from Comic-Con and after the, I think it was Suicide Squad leaked, and Warner issued this huge statement about how, oh. you know, this was meant to be, you know, a nice thing for the, the people that paid for Comic-Con. And yes, we were going to release it eventually, but we wanted you to be able to enjoy it in its full high-def glory and blah, 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 not some crappy... You know, I stole this out of there with my iPhone camera from the back of the room kind of thing. And I mean, you know, like a three-page document that they released on, you know, we're finally releasing the the, the trailer and blah, blah, blah. Because you leaked it, et cetera, say, et cetera. So, yeah, but it was your fault. It was the fans that were bad about it. And they said, so that's the DC response to this. Marvel's response is, damn it, Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> And I just have to, you know, that really kind of sums up these two companies right now. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> yep. It's just, yeah. That's nice that Marvel's having fun with stuff. Speaking of San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. There's our first bit of happened. news is we got our first trailer and we now know when Easter Saturday will be. <laughs> September 19th, right? Right. 
I just pulled that out of my memory. You got it. You got it. Good. <laughs> Threw a dart at the calendar and said, uh, just about is that right? As far from Easter as you can possibly get. But <laughs> and that uh, director or producer, whoever we t- talked about it several weeks ago, was correct. September. Yeah. What'd you guys? I think? figured it was right when she said it. So. What'd you guys think of the trailer? I'm jazzed. It's good. It looks good. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> it looks like a more from what more tonally what we had in season eight, which is good. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, wait, eh. no, I think tonally it's more like season seven. Seven B. Yeah, maybe not even seven B. More, I, I don't know. I, I, if I were to nail it, it down, it feels more playful. Yeah, yeah. there you go. It feels mm-hmm. more like a, a a Matt Smith era trailer. Um, I like that um, we got lots of shots of monsters that I didn't even know. I was like, yeah. wow, we're getting a lot of new villains. And then there's and, a Zygon to make everybody happy. And, go, yeah, hey, there's yeah, and the Daleks are coming back. It's like, yeah, oh. we knew that. Well, but, and did you notice the one see. the one shot of that city is that exact shot of the city from the Daleks? So it appears we might be going back to Scarrow. This one? That's, That's the, the one. one. That's that's a shot from when they're looking out over the city when he's talking about having to go in and find um, Mercury for the Mercury oh, link. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. It's they 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 take that shot and that's the that's the style of the city and everything. So I have a feeling we're going to Scarrow. Have a feeling. Anybody heard any of the uh, which might make the Dalek episode good this year? <laughs> have anybody heard the <laughs> rampant speculation of who Maisie Williams is? You know, yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. There's a lot of rampant speculation. There's like a, a list of five different people they think she could be. Uh, the, the, the leading one appears there's to be Susan. One, yeah, there's one in, yeah. in the lead, that's Susan. Everybody yeah. seems to think it's Susan because, you know, that they've kind of all... We're pairing it with the 60s comments and then... But it's it, Maisie is in episode three and four. Correct? Okay, uh, <laughs> you're looking for validation. I don't I'm know. Not sure. I, I, I thought I read that. that she was guest right. starring in episode three yeah, or four. That seems right. If I remember. Three and four, because I think it's a yeah, two Yeah, because it's a two parter. Yeah, if I remember the, the breakdown, Moffat did not write three and four. That doesn't mean it can't be Susan. I will virtually. I will. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guarantee it. I'm going to say there's no way Stephen Moffat would bring back Susan and not write the episode himself. Quite I, honestly, I think he's too much of a fanboy to allow somebody else. Quite to do honestly, that. when it was I written by Toby Whithouse is three and four. When I first saw that Maisie was going, this is what I had speculated a few weeks ago that I said, "Oh, I think I know who Maisie is going to play." I kind of suspected that that was going to be the case until I saw the trailer, and then I thought, "There's something not right about that now." And then that's when everybody's going, "Oh, it must, she must be playing Susan. She must be playing Susan." And I, I thought, uh, "Okay, yeah, uh, okay, maybe I'm still on board with that." Yeah, and it wasn't until Neil Perryman. Posted on Facebook, who's the author of The Wife in Space. Yeah. He posted on Facebook because, oh, yeah, because the first thing that Susan would ever say is, um, What took you so what long? What took you so long, old man? Because yeah. she called him old man all the time. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, you're right. She didn't call him old man ever. Yeah. So why would that? That's totally out of character for Susan. So uh, unless she's regenerated, and obviously in a regeneration, you take on different personalities, yeah. but. I just yeah he, he he drove that home and I thought no nah, that's really out of character for Susan I don't think that's well and uh, it's it's actually episode five and six five and for six. those who might be cringing cringing <laughs> yeah going into fits now going four. no you're nope. wrong they, I wonder if they, they bumped they it they haven't announced uh, the names of three and four yet. Oh, I wonder if they bumped it then because I thought I for know. sure we had one two three four but maybe not who they written by Jamie Matheson 
is writing and three and Catherine four. And Catherine Tregrena. Two different author, two different writers for the two stories. Oh, so it must be a standalone then for three, well, and a standalone for four. Then we get our standalone. No, no, that's four, five, five, that's four and five. That's five and six. Or five and six. Jimmy Mathis or uh, Toby Whithouse wrote three and four, and then Jamie Matheson wrote five, The Girl Who Died, and Catherine Tregrena wrote six, The Girl, who, The Woman Who Lived. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> Caroline Ford, she is going to be in the in in five, and Maisie Williams is going to be in six. The girl died. The girl lived. It's so Susan now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've cracked the code. <laughs> no. Well, you know, I have to give our fandom some credit because so many people after Deep Breath were saying, Missy's the master! Missy's the master! <laughs> That's a good point. And look what happened. That still I'm hasn't not, been proven. I'm not saying they're right, well, well, but I'm saying... Way, way back in the series... God, what was it? Five? When everybody was saying, oh, I bet... Uh, River is Amy's oh, stuff. Oh, wait, six. no, that was six. just me. <laughs> no, just you. <laughs> just you. I'm still going to what? relish in that. <laughs> what? Still going to relish in that. You can relish in that as much as I can relish in <laughs> Easter Saturday. <laughs> I would never try and take that away from you. You know, I see Capaldi do some of these kind of lighter moments and without the context it almost seems weird like him with the guitar it's a bit him, weird yeah and him putting on the glasses is like well, what are you doing i would agree why are you what i'm used to you being grumpy be grumpy did you see his he uh, did lighten at the end of the season last season but still did you see his conan o'brien entrance <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was pretty great i did i saw that i haven't got to watch the panel itself yet so, it's uh, or I, the Nerd HQ. Panel. I saw the some uh, chatter that that uh, BBC was threatening to have. Uh, I think it's Flicks in the City that has a recording of the panel up that you can still see online. I heard some rumblings that they were close to getting pulled, but I think one of the things that benefited them is they rolled on the panel. Or it wasn't BBC that was that was harping on them because they what they did is they cut they cut the clips. Yeah. Whenever they went to the clips, cut the clips out. So they saved themselves from uh, any backlash from BBC, but I think it's, it's San Diego Comic-Con that is, is clamping down on a lot yeah. of the people that recorded panels there and saying, oh, well, get on that you soon. can record them, but don't post them. So yeah. Yeah, I'd get on there soon if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet. One thing I did find really exciting about the trailer, and it's a really small thing, there are more round things in the TARDIS. <laughs> See all those? A lot more round. I'm pretty sure they were there. They just may not have been lit the same. Oh, okay. yeah, they're, <laughs> I they're, think they're more they're, noticeable. Yeah, this they're time, yeah. way better lit. What happened to the lovely lighting? <laughs> Is this a helicopter? <laughs> you, you lean on it, and absolutely nothing happens. It doesn't wobble at all. <laughs> um, and then it was announced just today, right? Just today, that, uh, uh, as part of the BBC Worldwide Annual Review, published today. Uh, it said that we're getting series ten. Anybody surprised by that? No, since they really. have a 
five-year forecast anyway. <laughs> well, it was, it was part of uh, whatever the TV guide over in England is. Um, they radio did a, Times. The, the Radio Times did a Save Our Shows campaign, um, and Doctor Who was number one on that list because they were really concerned that it may not get a tenth season. I'm making that up. <laughs> no, I'm, we just talked about like three weeks ago that oh, the show's going to run for five years. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it was like all but confirmed, None of this so. was surprising to me when they when when we brought this We're up. We're getting another five. Okay. Hey, we renewed it for season ten. Well, all right. Yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. Kind of knew that already, didn't we? Another. I mean, that would be like us going back and reporting that hey, there's this show, and it's called Doctor Who. And it's about this guy, <laughs> and he travels in time and space. We should we should review that and introduce somebody to it. There was another trailer did not came out this week from uh, Warner Brothers and uh, Lego Lego Dimensions trailer focusing on Doctor Who. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> I have to say, it looks it looks pretty good. I don't like... Uh, Glenn and I talked about this off mic at work, but I don't like the way the Daleks look. I don't like the way the, the small Daleks ones. Look. I don't like the way K-9 looks in the, in the still pictures they've released separately. The Cybermen look wonderful. It's weird because when, when, when they showed pictures of the... Who's it? Cusco Curio? The, the production company that you submit to to get things... Oh, yeah, yeah. And they showed pictures of the Daleks, and I went, well, that's the best you could do with what's available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and then that's exactly what they made him look like, and I kind of thought, no, you guys are supposed to make there, there go are make some... special pieces that we can then make a real Dalek. See, out well, of. that's what I like about the design of the Daleks is if I had a kit of Legos, I could build a Dalek based on the design. I think that's to me that's more of a pure design idea for the Daleks from a Lego standpoint, and so I kind of like that. I, the same reason I like the canine design, I think that. It really looks like canine or and the Daleks were put together with Lego pieces. I, I, the problem is, is they've gotten away from that style on a lot of their stuff well, recently. No, if so you it look, doesn't quite match. No, yeah. if you look, no, I mean, if a lot you, of it. No, 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 no. If you go back and especially in the game formats too, because if you go back and play Harry Potter and you, you the, the cave troll. The cave troll is basically an animated character. There's, it looks yeah, nothing it's, like it's what you can do. Yeah, character. it's a character character. You know, yeah. and, and with any of, and I found that specifically in the Harry Potter game, with any of the bigger characters, they didn't look well, anything like did, what a Lego character would look like. And, and that's when they introduced later bigger characters like Hulk when you get to that in Marvel. And and so if, if you're going to move... And so many of the cars in the games don't are square and blocky. They're rounded. Yeah. And they so did the it's same... it's not like they built... Cars out of the Legos. Oh no, no! Uh, I was just playing Marvel Lego superheroes, and you know, they are cars that are pieced together. I mean, that's just it. The, the larger scale you have, the better you can make it look more like yeah, what it and is. The big because, scale Daleks look fine. Yeah, and that's just it. Yeah, the the big the the Emperor Dalek or whatever we're supposed to believe that is looks like yeah, looks like more like a Dalek than the small Dalek design. I just I, I go back to when I was a kid and I would build the Enterprise out of Legos. And it was always a giant square block sitting on top of a giant long square block with square engines. And I just kept thinking, man, I can't wait for the day when they get a Star Trek license and they make round pieces that I can put <laughs> together that will make this look better. And then Doctor Who came out. I was like, all right. And it's still square pieces. On it. it just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's the me, one complaint me, I have. That's genuine Lego to me. So. 
I just because they've they've done specialized pieces before that you had to go buy set X in order oh, to yeah, get that particular spaceship or whatever. For, it was. On the actual sets, you can't build anything on your own. You have to go buy the kits. Yeah. To build these pieces. Since we're talking about Lego and spinning ideas, um, we were uh, turned on uh, just today, I believe, by uh, a Twitter uh, handle called Lego underscore Tardis. And he has linked on Twitter to this Lego die idea, which, like I say, you can't see it now, but I'll I'll put it in the link in the show notes. A TARDIS minifig display cabinet. So it's a TARDIS, and it looks like two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, twenty-four figures will fit Ooh. in this, and it, it's on a hinge. It's the the police box design, the TARDIS. You open it up on a hinge in the middle, and you can display your uh, minifigures in there. And I think this is a I think it's more than that. I think there's it's three across. If you go to that other inside, is it picture. three? Oh, let me. Let I think it's because it's hinged inch. open. You can't see the the. There's a there's a so. full. Oh, there it is, is three oh, across. Yeah. yeah, so you can actually get um, thirty six in there. Three by. Yeah. <laughs> I can do math. I can't. <laughs> I had to think about it. Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty cool, and uh, it looks right now he has fifty supporters. There are 363 days left, so apparently he's just got it off the ground and he's going for a full year. Um, but uh, we'll put that in there. I did notice also that he ha- he submitted a proposal for a large scale canine. Yeah, I was say, which just, looks really just good. clicking on that as well, which is a link over here. I'm not sure how large a scale, but that looks so much better than the. What well, does? But minute. because it's large scale and you're putting is, pieces yeah. together. Excuse me, pieces together. Oh, I got the eclipse. Anyway, Jonathan, 1986. R2. That's a great example of, of a Lego not being blocky. Yeah. R2. I'll give you the, that. They, gave, right. they gave you a they round dome piece round for the top. And even yeah. the bike, his base is round. Yeah. So why Well, but there there are round Lego pieces like that in the well, sets yeah, that you so can use for I, I, guess, I guess I just think <laughs> why not just they could do a similar shaped... For the body of the doll. Like, they're specialty pieces for all the characters anyways, and yeah. they're, they're essentially I characters. I, I, I still, again, I, I maintain, I think it's more of a and I'm, 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 I'm not denying it is a more classic design. I'm just saying I don't like it. I wish that <laughs> it had been more of a, if you're going to do it, let's let's do it and make it. You well, know. I think my, my problem is I've been spoiled with the uh, character builder or whatever it was called, the design of those. Character yeah. builders. Yeah. But and all the doctors look great. The the that was the, the the key really is that okay. So we we've got it's not just going to be a tiny little piece of this dimensions game. There's apparently a whole Doctor Who story arc, and that you can bring Batman and all these other characters into it with you. And as That's much not as the I don't skins or playable characters, yeah. As much as I don't like well, the Lego characters talking, they've got Capaldi. <laughs> I, I presume it'll be like any of the other um, figure based games that you put on a base. Um, that there will be a, a story for each of the main sets. Right. And so, luckily, we got Doctor Who introduced first. Um, but it looked, well, yeah, every, every one of the adventures will have their own. There is um, another one that was and then be available to before and this box. one, but I don't remember. Well, I didn't well did you see trailer. that great shot in the, in the Doctor Who trailer? Well, yeah, you got The that. Doctor and Doc Brown standing back-to-back from Back and to the Future. him and Homer jumping through Portal. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, portals <laughs> even included. I thought that was kind of cool. But what sold they were it announcing was the, the wave with Doctor Who? Oh, were they? I yeah. didn't see that. What sold it for me was the 
when they changed and went through all of the doctors on the thing. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like I wasn't excited before. Shut up and take my money. It's very exciting. Also very exciting, our good friends over at Titan Comics have recently announced that there's going to be a brand new miniseries of comics featuring the 8th Doctor, <laughs> Paul McGann. It's going to hit stores October 28th and written by George Mann, who, if you don't recognize the name, wrote Engines of War. Oh, I still haven't read that. Uh, I, I don't know how long this stretch of a miniseries it is, but it's... I think I read somewhere it was another four or five issue arc, but I could be wrong. It's very exciting. The covers look fantastic. The covers look really good. I like how they do that. The the one cover in that traditional artwork that, they're, that they've been doing for all of them. The Alice X Zhang... Cover. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, those are those are really neat. I just and the more they really, I I wish I had gone back and gotten the first ep- issues Two of all of them those, now, yeah. just to have all of them framed side by side. I think that would be really cool. I'm also kind of excited by the the non almost promotional cover of him more in his classic attire. I, can, I just I didn't expect to see uh, the classic attire expected the Night of the Doctor outfit, and that kind of excited me. But it's kind of a mix between the two, actually. It is. It's almost a meld. Which is even cooler, because we might get to see a little bridge of some sort. I want to see him in his dark eyes. Leather jacket. You just got to imagine him that when you listen to dark eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And then staying with the book format. Yes. Uh, There's uh, Thebs Publishing. I'm probably uh, butchering how that... The pronunciation on that have announced a new range of books based around Aramem, the Fifth Doctor's traveling companion from Big Finish. Woo-hoo! So there's going to be at least two books so far. Um, the first called The Last Pharaoh, and then The Beast of Stalingrad. Uh, I'm not going to read too much into this because I don't want to know what happens to Aramim in the audio adventures. I'm yeah, afraid it's going to spoil something. That's a good idea. Be, I don't know. Be if kind this of like knowing be- too much about Charlie. <laughs> I don't know if this is set before or after or during their adventures. I'm assuming it's kind of like uh, the Lethbridge Stewart range where they didn't get the rights for the Doctor, so they got the rights for these char- this character, and they're writing them the other stories about them. Oh, here's synopsis. Page one, chapter one. Airman died. Oh, well, I guess I don't need to read the rest of the book now. <laughs> and uh, the editor-in-chief, Ian McLaughlin, wrote The Eye of the Scorpion, her very first story. So oh, it's cool. kind of his pet project of continuing the character. Well, then she's in good hands. <laughs> Uh, and he Pro- says probably why they were able to get the rights yeah. to the character. He says, as I Irish- mentioned, Big Finish works in the same way that the BBC does; that the characters retain the writer retains the, yeah. the rights to the characters. So. He says, I originally wrote the last scene in the Eye of the Scorpion as a bit of a cheek in the hope that I might get her get to bring her back, maybe with a different Doctor. I had a story called The Valley of the Dying Sun in mind with the Sixth Doctor. However, that went out the window when Gary Gary Russell asked if I had any objection to Aramum's staying on board aboard for a while. And then he goes on to say how great he was to work with, uh, and then um, 
is always going to be looking for adventure, and her biggest challenge is still ahead of her. I'm glad I'll be tagging along. So, sounds like it's a lot of good stuff ahead for her as a character. Speaking of books, I think we should also mention that uh, following our review last week of the Leftbridge Tour at the Forgotten Sun, Andy Frankham Allen, the author of the book and the what do you call series runner for the uh, rest of the novels, the editor for the rest of the novels, um, did a little post on our uh, Charlie Vortex page on he our actual webpage. He also retweeted us. His um, comment that he left on the topic was, Amazing review, guys. Great. Although I should point out, according to Downtime, it's Gilmore from Remembrance who recommended L.S. Uh, Lethbridge Stewart to Unit Command. He's right. I had forgotten about that. He says, Do we ignore it? Well, we have four years before we get to the invasion. Smiley face. So <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's got a plan. <laughs> Spoilers. So, yes, thank you. And, and he obviously listened to the show last week. Yeah. So uh, glad that we did the book some justice. <laughs> glad you enjoyed our review yes, of it. Yes, and we certainly enjoyed the book. So I'm yes, glad you enjoyed did. the review. Well, that will transition us nicely into feedback. <laughs> Which I had originally planned that there, but that's okay. I know. That's why <laughs> I jumped in there. First up in feedback, since we were just talking about Lethbridge Stewart, we're going to do Chrissy's feedback first. She says, The Summer of Lethbridge Stewart. Dear Vortex Boys, I'd forgotten the uh, Forgotten Son read last week, but life happened. I, I had. had I, oh, sorry. there you go. Sorry, you <laughs> threw me with <laughs> I had forgotten. I had the Forgotten Son read last week, but. Life happened and didn't get feedback written in time. That's kind of been the story of my life lately. The story of my life. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) As I have had to miss several weeks of Friday Night Who, and I kind of, and I admit I kind of miss it. It was good to participate on Saturday night with all the British Fest people, but at the risk of losing my number one fan status, don't hurt me. I also have to admit that the reasons I've been missing Friday Night Who were kind of worth it. To quote the Lou, the Lego movie, everything is awesome. And if you want more details, ask me off mic. Look, we came back around to Lego. <laughs> but I did get the book read, and I wrote a review on Goodreads, which I'm just going to copy and paste here because I'm lazy. <laughs> and I'm going to read it out. The Forgotten Son. If there's one thing the Doctor lends itself, Doctor Who lends itself to quite well, is the nearly endless possibility for spinoffs from the universe. Just ask Big Finish. And now that I've read one of one of these Lethbridge Stewart's novels, I'm kind of wondering what took them so long to d- delve into the Brigadier's backstory. <laughs> yes, yes, I know he's not the Brigadier in this story, but he's the Brigadier to me, and you can't convince me otherwise. Here, here. <laughs> I love that this story carries on from the Web of Fear and branches out into what other shenanigans the Great Intelligence got up to afterward. Excuse me. And what the Brigadier had to do with it. I will admit the story was a little slow getting going, hence only the three stars. The last five or six chapters really trucked through, and now I want to read the next one and add it to the insanely huge pile of stuff I'm reading. It never ends. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking forward to hearing about all your wonderful adventures from Bridges Fest and your panel with Simon Fisher Becker. Just from what Keith and Sean have posted on social media, it looks like you all had a fantastic time. Bye for now, Chrissy. Thank, Thank you, Chrissy. Chrissy. I know. I know why she's been missing. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. 
I just it just hit me why. <laughs> I saw the post too. Okay, <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I'm going to have to ask her about that. I have no idea what she's talking about. Then you the you had this big beaming. I know why. And I, oh yeah, I do too. Congratulations. Oh yes, I didn't see that too. <laughs> Very we'll we'll keep her personal life out of the very, very show. good, very good reasons. <laughs> uh, next up in feedback is Lisa. Which one's Lisa? <laughs> the one that says Lisa. I got it, Sean. Let me take it. Okay, go for it. Wishing everyone a marvelous summer. And she says, "Hello, fellow travelers. Wishing everyone a marvelous summer. Very exciting news from Big Finish regarding new adventures for the classic Doctors with new series creatures." Let's hope this leads to the return of more classic creatures like the Eternals, the Draconians, or the Mara in New Who. Here, here. I, I agree yeah. with you 100%. I would love to see Tegan in 12, Aussie versus Scott. <laughs> it would be perfectly normal for Tegan to age, and we could have Peter Davison doing voice work. I see 12 having dreams, dreams he is the fifth doctor. Time is marching on, and opportunities to have past companions or even doctors in the series are limited. It would be great fun to revisit Turlow and see how that turned out. Been enjoying the coverage of the actors that have played the doctor in other work. I remember way back when that was a suggestion, and I must say it's been very fun to listen to. Get online and look for work featuring actors that play the doctor. Hope everyone has had a safe and spectacular Fourth of July. And good luck to the guys at British Fest. Live larger, dream bigger. Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Good to hear from you again. Yes, definitely. And our last bit of feedback comes from Ben. Ben. Writes. No subject. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, there's not much going on here, but I did hear some legacy news. When 3.0 goes live, some t- did I read this already? I'm having a, a senior no, moment no, here because no, it no. feels very deja vu to me. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, when 3.0 goes live sometime in the near future, the max level will be jumping to 60. Gotta admit, this deflates my sales a bit. Everyone's at 50 now, so that's only 10 more to get maxed <laughs> out again. But that's 10 more to get everyone maxed out again. Fortunately, the fragments have jumped to 250 now for the max allowed. Like that helps me at all. I've got four. (laughs) Stupid fragment caps. (laughs) You remember cursing them when they were so low? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm throwing things away. It's no fair. I think I'm going to have to put time into getting them all to 250 on both my iPhone and iPad in anticipation of the new max level. I've also heard there's a new fragment coming. Moving on. Here's what I watched this past week. My nine-year-old insisted on buying Mike Myers' Cat in the Hat. Fortunately, it was $4. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. We also bought Howard the Duck that night, my pick. Despite getting a Razzie when it came out in theaters, it was and still is a favorite of mine. Lastly, I watched Another Me last night on HBO Now. It stars the young lady who plays Sansa Stark on Game of Thrones, alongside the guy who played the goofy roommate in Notting Hill. I purposely didn't look up their real names so that you guys can do your work for me and imdba them, (laughs) which I noticed Keith is already, (laughs) before I even read that, he was already typing away over there. I also had never heard of this movie, so I went to go look to see who did it. 
It was a pretty good film. The scenery and music were good. The story was a bit difficult to follow for me. I'm not sure if I liked the ending or not, though. It didn't end how I wanted. But as with life, not everything goes the way we want. So maybe the ending was perfect in that sense. The family and I had a wonderful fourth. I hope everyone did as well and was safe in their activities. That's it from here. Have a great week. Look forward to look look at ah, looking forward to the next show. Take care, Ben. All right, Keith. What do you it's, got? It's uh, Reese Eifens. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 uh, he's, uh, he's he played the uh, Reese Eifens. Uh, he was in uh, oh, what was that movie? He was in Amazing Spider-Man two, just the first one. Amazing Spider-Man, the first one. And he the was lizard. he was in um, Pirate the Ranger. Replacements. Anonymous. Uh, he was the the soccer kicker who they brought in to to kick footballs. I've never seen replacements. You've never seen it? You feel good. You totally got to watch replacements. Xenophilius Lovegood. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> he was in Harry Potter. <laughs> Wait, wasn't he in Notting Hill? Wasn't he? He was. He was the goofy roommate in <laughs> yeah, Notting Hill. Maybe that's where you, you know him from. Once you said Xenophilius, it hit me. He was referring to the Notting Hill. And I went, oh, okay. He's yeah, that, that guy. Totally remember, there you yeah. go. Okay. The, the goofy guy came out stuff. naked out of the apartment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the movie another me also saw is Jonathan Reese Myers. For those inclined to go, kind of search oh, that okay. out. Okay. For those who don't know who that is, also. Is it on Netflix? That's on HBO now. Oh, well, then probably not. <laughs> thank you, Ben, and thank Thanks, you for the, uh, uh, the the legacy news, keeping us up to date on that. That's it for feedback. He, he, he did tweet us this week and say, I should mention that I was hoping to add feedback here if that's okay. Oh, it says, hey, guys, I'm having trouble with email at the moment. Would like to add to my last feedback... If it's not too late, I sent it so late last time that your last episode hit iTunes the next day. I should mention that I was hoping to add here, if that's okay. I think he might have been waiting for a response. Oh, I think I, I might have missed that. So, Ben, I apologize that we didn't respond and say, yeah, it's fine. But I, just, I was looking for it because I remember seeing that post going, oh, yeah, he's got more feedback. But I think it's on Twitter. It's not on Twitter. <laughs> so, so, yes, Ben, you have your permission to have feedback here. I did re- look for re- it. Email but, it in. <laughs> well, he was having problems. He said, trouble. Well, hopefully, he's got his email so. sorted out. And yeah, now. maybe, maybe so. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> it is always okay to send it here. As you, as I can attest, I did see. I just didn't <laughs> respond and say yes. I didn't. I didn't know I was supposed to. Sorry. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, should we move on to news? Not that there's. Oh wait, we already did news. Where am I at? It's not that there's too much backwards. I am going backwards. It's not that there's too much violence on television. It's too much violence. Oh, oh. Well, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) (laughs) What are we reviewing this week? Uh, British Fest. Oh, good. I did my homework. (laughs) Do you want to read the synopsis, Keith? Are you British enough? That's it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, we had a great time. Moose has been... Uh, it's impressive how smoothly run this con is, considering it's a new venue and it's a second year. Uh, from As far as I could see, it, it, it's clockwork. Everything went really smoothly. Uh looked like everyone had a lot of fun. Uh, Simon was telling us that on Friday, he was told that there were more people on Friday than... I just saw your meme. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed it. 
Oh, we haven't got to that part of the story yet. <laughs> well, wait. <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, God. Um, there, there were more people on the first Friday than there were all last week, last year. So Friday alone topped 700, which was the total amount of first year British Fest. Total numbers for this year, 1340. Wow. So it nearly tripled, or yeah. nearly doubled. Nearly doubled, yeah. yeah. He's not good at math. I'm either. not good at math. <laughs> it's, I think it's, it, it's we, we talked a little bit about this last year when we went, that you know to have a con for your first year, you're expecting 300, 350 people, and you get 700 some odd show up. And then to come back the second year and nearly double that again. To, to almost 1,400, you're doing something right. I mean, that's just a yeah. a thing. And I think it's a testament to, to Moose and his staff and, and everybody that uh, has been involved with this and all of the guests that we talked to, you know, raving reviews as well. It sounded like just everybody had a great time. So uh, When we first got up there, uh, well, we, got, uh, we probably got to the convention at 11 and checking in and whatnot, and they're like, Hey, we need a moderator for Simon's panel. You guys available? <laughs> Not I said, just yes, but heck yeah. I said yes, we'll do it. <laughs> and Sean hadn't even checked into the convention yet. So I, I did I call you or text? I think I called you. I was like, all right, come on down. We're, we're doing Simon's panel in an hour. It's <laughs> <laughs> a heck of a way to find out. Huh? Not not just we're doing Simon's panel in an hour, so get down here and let's get let's Is get that our, what it was? Uh, something rolled somewhere. Our table set up and the, the layout of the convention was wonderful. It was so spacious. They had this nice area for like a pl- nice several tables to sit and eat, and then the uh, actors and the authors, and then you could go down a hallway, and then you had the dealers' room and props and sets, and then the, all the panel rooms on one side. It really well laid out. And the uh, Mid America Center is uh, we can't decide. Maybe, we think it's a very new. It seems like a very new venue that uh, is it has that there. new venue smell. To it. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a beautiful center, and it's it's nice well, the that carpet's it's still looking like at the map. It plush. does have a good setup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the carpet's cushy, so it has to be pretty. It hasn't new. been treaded on yeah, very exactly. well. It's not trampled down, and but. Um, I think that was definitely a benefit to him as well. But it was, um, you know, as, as as well put together, wasn't it? The, the, the venue's very nice. Um, the, the move over, I, I know that there was initially some concern on, on my part, on his behalf, just from the thought of moving it across the river where you're still going to get kind of the same feel from, you know, being in kind of the center of Omaha and whatnot um, from last year. But I don't think it hurt it at all. No, uh, not at all. Know. People were, were were quite happy, and there's still, still some beautiful yeah, beautiful scenery around the area too. Yeah, the only downside Did you is there's beautiful B-roll. Beautiful scenery. <laughs> Didn't you hear B-roll? Yeah, we got that B-roll. <laughs> um, I, I almost thought he was going to say bean footage or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful bean. Roll that beautiful. Bean. Roll that beautiful bean. That's what popped in my head. Um, but if if you go and look at uh, all the cosplaying oh, yeah. that, that went on around the area, that uh, a lot of the Hobbit players were able to go outside and take pictures, and it's like, yeah, that works. Nice, nice settings. The only the only detriment to the venue is if it is because it's so new, is there's not a lot of stuff around there to go like eat or anything. So you have to kind of <laughs> venture we, out. We, we toyed with staying at the Con Hotel and decided, yeah, we should we should, probably should. That way, we can just go to. 
the bed after Friday Night Who and not have to get in the car and drive anywhere. So what do we do after Friday Night Who? Get in the car and drive somewhere to go find something to eat. Excuse me, it was Saturday Night Who. It was okay. still hashtag Friday Night Who. Thank you very much. Oh, all right. After, oh, is that, is that why you weren't there? After yeah, your, I, after I, was, your I showed up Friday <laughs> and waited for the countdown and I waited for the countdown. There was a post and I waited and for the countdown. No countdown. We, we, we take no responsibility for that. We posted well in advance <laughs> that it was Saturday edition. No, I uh, I came in late Saturday, and unfortunately, it was one of those, it's only a 45-minute episode, 50-minute <laughs> really. episode, and I got there at about the 50-minute mark when you guys were wrapping up, and I was, all right, well. <laughs> and we'll get to sa- Thanks for wrapping that up, by the way. On the- Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no problem. I got you. Thanks for handling the crowd. Sure. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got mobbed while he was on the computer. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so should we start with Simon's panel, since that's pretty much the first thing we did yeah, at the convention after setting let's, up? Let's start with Simon's panel. Simon's such a nice guy. It and was he, so nice to meet him in person. And he actually remembered me from our interview oh, and the podcast. Oh, cool. well, that's neat. Um, yeah, so we, we brought him up. We had him come up on stage and... Well, that was nice of you to have him come up on yeah, stage yeah. for his own panel. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> it's how we roll. <laughs> We're going to have you do a panel but stay out in the hallway. <laughs> we'll get around to talking to you about the 30, 40-minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we were able to ask him. We, we, we offered up questions to the crowd at kind of early on, but nobody kind of took the bait and so we just kind of took over and asked questions and topic ranged everywhere and um sean what was your first question <laughs> simon fisher becker <laughs> sean and i were the only ones that laughed at this <laughs> i blame mel there's, there's, there's a backstory to this right after you called me and said they're ready come down we've got to do this in an hour mel called and said, you know, how's it? She had um, commitments this weekend, and unfortunately, couldn't make the the trip up. So she was just beside herself, frustrated. And um, so I told her, I was like, well, apparently, we're going to go down and uh, and you know, I can't talk. We're going to go down and do Simon's panel. She goes, oh, really? I was like, yeah, that's cool. She goes, yeah. Just don't ask him if he likes the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed and said, I don't know. Maybe I should make that a thing. <laughs> That's Sean's thing now. That, that should be every every interview. I'm just gonna. I've got one more question for you. You should. Do you like the Wizard of Oz? I, I think you should maybe end with it though. Starting with it's a little weird. <laughs> so we all, it makes a bit more sense in Kansas than Iowa. We I throw it out. Anybody have any questions to start off with? Since I mean, you didn't come to see us, you came to see him. Nobody. It's like okay, well we're going to talk to him for a little bit. You percolate on your questions, and we'll get to you in a moment. And then my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at Simon, and the first thing that popped into my head was, "Yeah, go for it." <laughs> I said, "Do you like the Wizard of Oz?" And just outside, just prior to this, Simon had kind of, you know, we, we'd warned him we're going to be the ones hosting you. You remember us, blah blah blah. We talked to him for a little bit, and he says, "Yeah," and he says, "Anything's you know open," but he says, "If we can, I'd like to get some fresh questions." <laughs> Let's change it up a little bit. <laughs> Because you get asked the same things at every con, you know? <laughs> and he did a panel Friday, so we and he yeah he'd already done one Friday. So he goes, yeah, yeah, I do. What an extraordinary question! <laughs> 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 and the crowd kind of went, 
Okay. <laughs> Not your crowd. <laughs> Keith died. He just started, and I, I, I felt really bad because it was like, oh, God, I've embarrassed him again. <laughs> I just didn't expect it. And then we, you know, I had to explain that that's a joke for our listeners, guys. We'll, they'll, they'll, they'll get that one. Then the week kind of went into, you know, more proper um, <laughs> interview. And he told some techniques. wonderful stories. He did. It's it, fascinating to listen to him talk about all the stuff he's done and, and getting into the business and everything. Uh, and uh, it took a while to get to Who, actually, in the interview. He got to uh, Harry Potter before we got to Who, I think, if I remember correctly. Well, you said there was quite a Harry Potter presence there over the weekend. Yeah. So. And, some, and there was a couple of people asked him about Harry Potter from the audience, too. So. Which was interesting. I didn't realize this. He, he talked a little bit about Harry Potter and the fact that he, he you know, w- when he was cast as the Fat Friar, the Hufflepuff ghost, it was a 12-week commitment. And he was assigned his own driver from Warner Brothers, Dennis. Was that the guy? I think name? that's exactly. Dennis came and picked him up and, and chauffeured him to the, 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 the you know... Uh, the studio every day and, and all this kind of stuff. And it was 12 weeks because at the same time that they were shooting this, John Cleese was doing Bond, okay. where he was taking over as, as Q. Q. Uh-huh. And so, of course, anytime Bond called, they shut down production on Harry Potter. Bond takes precedence. <laughs> because Bond takes precedence. So Cleese would run off to go do that. Well, and they filmed the first their stuff for the first four movies in that 12 weeks. But he said they filmed everything. Everything that's in the books that deals with the ghosts was filmed. Including the Death Day party and this, that, and the other thing. And it was, he says it was all there. And he says, and then I told everybody, I'm going to be in Harry Potter. I'm going to be this, blah, 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 blah. And he says, we went to the premiere. And he says, I'm in that one whoop, shot. He says, my name is on screen in the credits longer than I'm in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I went home and had a good cry over it. And, you know, that was that. Well, it got me to thinking. It was like, well, if they filmed this stuff, surely it's on. It's a bonus feature, a bonus somewhere. feature somewhere. And I went rushing home and got the DVDs out. And I can't find it anywhere. Yeah. I'm, I, it's it, On the cutting room floor. It, yeah. it, it, you would think that. And that's one of the things he talked about is in his beginning of his career, so much of it was his stuff wound up on the cutting room floor. He was in a ton of things. That yeah. he, he, he started listing things off. And it's like, I didn't know you were in that. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I got cut from it. <laughs> Which, you know, it was kind of sad and rather unfortunate because and he, and Simon's he, so cool. And he has a great humor about himself because he also talked about getting the role of Dorium and how. Uh, they go. They were looking for a roly poly actor, and he, so he was all right. Uh, me and three other guys I know, and that's <laughs> we got a good working relationship with these guys. And a very good humor of okay. Uh, well, he he said he was worked for an uh, uh, ad agency for a while called the Uglies, and the tagline was "You don't have to be ugly to work here, but it doesn't hurt." <laughs> So he, he had such a great humor, uh, self, almost self-deprecating humor about himself that really helped him come across as even more humble than yeah. I well, and, I, and I'm sorry, you, you met Simon. He, he, I, Simon is not ugly. I have met some ugly people in my life, and I don't think Simon's in the same oh, ball. Oh, no, no, not of, at all. So the fact that he, you know... Gave, gave me hope that I could go be an actor. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look for the local Uglies chapter and, and sign up because if he can do it, I because you know, he's not ugly. So I certainly have a, a shot at this. But um, yeah, it was and, and the crowd was really into it. He, he, I think he was a little surprised at the size of the crowd. Yeah, he made comments later that he did not expect the room to get that full. Uh, I think. I think he said that he looked up at one point and was kind of taken aback by how full it was. Because it was standing uh, room only. They were yeah. lining the hall or, around the – and we what did we calculate? 
I saw your pic. I was oh, four pictures I saw from you this weekend. I saw your picture of, of people lining the hall for oh, yeah, Simon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that was for Timey Wimey. Oh, that was Timey Wimey. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right, that's right. But there was at least that many. There was more than that many people in the hall because from or in the panel room because that amount of people didn't even quite fill the panel. Room. Oh wow! So it was at least a hundred. What? One hundred and sixty? Is that what we figured? I think we. Yeah. At least I don't know. It's, it's a math thing. I don't know. I, I can't remember now. And I, I saw him. Uh, let me see if I can find the other person who posted about that. I think it was Mike, actually. Yeah, Mike Timey Corner Wimey. from Timey Wimey. But he had a full room. So uh, that was absolutely gonna, full. And he, Standing he, room only. He commented, I think, that his Friday panel, he had about 50 or 70. I think is what it was. So he, he was quite surprised to come in there. And I'd like to think that was the us <laughs> influence. Wait, Traveling Vortex is hosting? Well, we got to go to this. We gotta go see this. Simon Fisher Becker, <laughs> seventy people. Simon Fisher Becker plus traveling the vortex, two hundred people. That's that's obviously how that works. Um, uh, Mike Horner from Timey Wimey counted one hundred ninety eight seats in the room. So two hundred plus people since they were standing along Very the walls. Cool. Very cool. But uh, yeah, he was he was and you know just just thrilled, just thrilled to be able to talk with everybody, and it was such a, a, a good. Despite the rocky start, <laughs> such a, a good panel, and we were recording it. I had my little H four N out. <laughs> we set it out there, set it out, and right in front of him, it was going to be got good, his permission to do it. Clear audio. This is going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to hearing this uh, this uh, audio recording you guys did of the panel. This yeah. is going to be great. Well, about that, um, <laughs> oh, somewhere no. at about the thirty five thirty eight minute mark, I looked over and noticed the little blinking light oh. on the H four N and went, "Why is that?" Oh, I know why that's playing. Uh, <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know, the H4N is a very high-tech piece of machinery which the technological Neanderthal should not own. <laughs> I looked at it during the thing, saw it blinking. I thought, oh, that must mean it's recording. The timer is not going. Oh, Sean must know what he's doing. <laughs> the non-technical Neanderthal should have known better. <laughs> Trusted Sean. I, w- I was so uh, starstruck you- by Simon Fisher Becker. And- this is why you have to come with us to these things. I am now not I know. to be trusted on my own. Now I know you push the I button can't twice. Leave you guys alone. Yeah, see if you, if you it, it does this little this cool little thing where you turn it on and it says hello, which is you know just nice because that that makes me feel user friendly, and then you push record, and rec- you push record like you push record. That's recording, right? No, that means. It's, it's now standby. primed. Standby. It's primed to record, but it's so I, I looked over and it was sitting there doing that, and I went, "Oh!" <laughs> and I thought about reaching in front of Keith and getting over to Simon and going ahead and tapping it a second time to record the last ten minutes. And it's like, well, at this point, you know, what's the point? At this point, why bother? Um, so, <laughs> how much did you spend on that, Sean? Three hundred, almost <laughs> two hundred. And- well spent. Yeah. We did get a uh, maybe. I got I to I I listen to that and make sure it's there. Don't oh, don't, oh. don't don't promote that yet. I recorded. I saw the timer going, <laughs> but I haven't listened to the audio. Okay. I don't know if it's there. It's there. If she if she keep did it, it's there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, it just great. And Simon beamed. He was so happy, and he was. That was he thought it was a great. Panel. It was a great panel. It was a great interview, and thank we, you guys so we much. Had and, some work to do on it because he did drop a few expletives. Oh, <laughs> Simon very much believes in colorful language. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a very much more laxed culture over there, as far oh, as it yeah. Goes. I mean, I'm watching panel shows at home and realizing, oh, I can't watch these when the kids are around because it's very colorful language. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> to say the least. There, there, would have, the there, least. There, there would have been some editing needed on uh, on that to maintain the rate, or a couple of uh, we'd have to invest in a beep or uh, <laughs> or something, a cloister bell. I don't know something that you could. <laughs> but he was so thrilled, and then we came out of there and went, oh. And so I, I I tweeted and tried to make light of it, and apparently Simon saw it and was he was a little upset. So I, I went to get my autograph on Sunday from him because I didn't have a Simon autograph yet. And went up to him and he said, I, yeah, so I saw that tweet. It didn't record, huh? And I was like, yeah. Apparently, I, I threw Sean under the bus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I expected nothing less. I would not yeah, have had you share it. Simon, if you're listening to this, it is all my I've told you this before. It is all my fault. I, uh, yeah. Uh, Sean put it out there and apparently you had to hit the button twice to hit record. And he was like, oh, well, that's too bad. And I was like, what? And then we kind of talked, and we we wound up not talking about a couple of things we probably should have during his panel, like his one man show and his book coming up. We just didn't have time to get to it because we got to so many other. I can't leave you guys. Alone. We had so many tangents on other stuff. <laughs> I just can't leave which, you alone. And it, it didn't occur to Simon <laughs> to talk about those things either until after. So we I, we arranged for an interview, but on my autograph, he wrote to Keith, push the button twice. <laughs> Simon Fisherbecker. <laughs> Uh, Which true. is yeah. Uh, there, there was one story I wanted to tell from the panel because I tweeted about it <laughs> during Friday Night Who uh, about the necklace Simon wears or Dorian wears while on the show. Uh, I tweeted that those who were at the panel know where that came from. When he was just at uh, the costume booth and was like, "Yeah, can I put this on?" And they're like, "Yep." And then they used that crescent moon design on other. Dorium related stuff because of that. Oh, very cool. So it became the, the the crest of the house. The, the Moldavar crest. He got to add a little. Uh, he, he got to add a lot of stuff to, to his character. That's very cool. So, yeah. yeah well, he, he said the, uh, the the script that they sent over for him to read. Um, What's going on here? Oh, oh, okay, let's tell that story first. So <laughs> oh, we, we were doing this. We were setting up for the selfie. No, this this we we bring oh. him on, and everybody cheers. And before I ask the Wizard of Oz question, he says, "Can I ask a favor?" Okay, and he pulls his phone out and he says, "Can you take a picture of all these people because no one will believe me back home?" Well, he he wanted video of people cheering because nobody would believe that they're cheering for him. So, so he, he wanted, <laughs> in addition to pictures of the folk room, he wanted pictures of people applauding and cheering. So he, of course, notice he That's gives the phone monstrous phone. Notice well, he gives the phone to Keith. There's a flap. Oh, okay, okay. There's so a like flap, a cover. A cover. Okay. Yeah. He noticed he, he wisely gave the phone to Keith, not knowing what we know. Um, so <laughs> as, as Keith is panning around the room, I'm in the background, you know, getting people to cheer for Holler, yeah. But, but he, he comments, that, of course, because he's cut from all of this stuff, that he goes home and says, I'm going to be in this, I'm going to be in this. And then he's never in anything and nobody believes him. <laughs> And now he's they, th- the they think he's telling stories. Aww. So then now he goes to conventions. He says nobody those are real people, and nobody people believes are it. Showing up for his stuff. So he wanted proof that people were there, and that's why we were, you know. But we <laughs> don't the, have audio evidence for him. No. Uh, but but he, he he has video. Well, he has video. That's his yeah, camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got that. But we don't have and, the audio. And, and we, well, <laughs> in addition to the selfies that Sean and I took, we went ahead and took one with his camera. Too. Yeah. At the, at the end, when we said we're going to take a selfie, everybody squeezed together, so everybody in the room kind of you know merged into the middle of the room, and we stood there. And Simon goes, "Can I get one on my camera too?" So Keith had his camera, and I had the selfie stick and the, and the GoPro. And we did it, and then he pulled his camera out, and made everybody do it again. <laughs> and his is wasn't a format of a, cam- a phone I'm used to. <laughs> 
So, I, I don't know wait, what we get everybody what, in their operating wrong. system. It was it's European. <laughs> it was it was some British operating system that I went to hit the button. Oh nope, that just yeah, we're, we're in there. We're all smiling, and Keith goes boop, and it goes blank. And Simon goes, "You broke my bloody camera." <laughs> That's the uh, blimey <laughs> operating system <laughs> because you do something and you go, oh, oh blimey! <laughs> I, I think I hit the the cascade menu where it shows shows the open apps and everything. I, I think I, that's what I hit, and then went to the menu. Oh, I and there was nothing embarrassing. You know, no, no, there oh, wasn't. Okay. <laughs> I was too more. Oh, God, get back to the camera. <laughs> he he was he was a lot of fun. It sounds like um, it. yeah, he was such a great panel. But yeah, he, uh, he we we tangented quite a bit, and like I said, the, the the fact that he was just you know, can we take a picture of that? Can we get this? Can we you know? Yeah, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> we're I think here. you appreciated that we were go with the flow with it too, and do whatever you, we man. want. Yeah. But um, yeah, so afterwards it was like I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. What was the other thing that he? Uh, oh, the money. That's why I was going to tell that story. He, he, the, the script that they sent him uh, oh, yeah. described Dorium, and he says, "Large, fat, bald, blue man, think Sydney Green Street." And he's a huge classic movie buff. I, he's pulling names out left and right, and even I was starting to struggle to keep up with him in some instances that he's referencing some of these things. But obviously, Sydney Green Street is Casablanca, and he knew instantly who Dorium was based on. Moffat's description of him in that way, so that's what he, he didn't necessarily impersonate him, but that's the air that he, he put on, him. and it, you know, and they, that was what what nailed it. And so when they did the uh, the scene with him and uh, Madame Kavarian, Kavarian, uh, it was his idea for him to be fiddling with money, just the stacks of gold that he was playing with, and you know, getting ready to pack or whatever. That was that was another one of Simon's. Just he added in, add the character, and they said, "Yeah, that's a great one. We can do that." Yeah. But yeah, he was uh, again a joy to talk to, and, and the nicest guy at the con. You yeah, know, if he's you ever such make a... it to one of his panels, please make sure you do because it's so enjoyable. Well, I hope they're able to get him at some place like Time Eddie again back here. You know, something. Yeah. That, that, I mean, it sounds like he's very amenable to doing panels, and one day we'll get more evidence for him that he's <laughs> popular, <laughs> <laughs> even more. Which, and not jumping too far ahead, but his uh, one man show that my dog has a. Or, my dog, My dog has, has a, puncture. a puncture. Had a pretty full, full crowd too. Oh, good! And that was the end of the con. So he's obviously a big draw for the convention. Oh, good! And then, um, so after we after we got out of of that, um, firm in our belief of our celebrity status, we uh, <laughs> attended the Timey Wimey Puppet Show to Gallifrey Boogaloo, Boogaloo. <laughs> with, with my corner, and I had not seen this show. I've only seen part of it. <laughs> I don't remember why I didn't see this show. I, it you was a galley. I missed it doing something. You were or doing not a galley. Yeah, you, you were clear on the other end of the um, venue, and you were dumping pictures or you were doing something because then you looked at your watch and went, "Oh, I'm late for our panel." Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> you had oh lunch. You were getting lunch because you'd been working. You'd been volunteering all morning. That's right. I was, and you I hadn't was eaten anything, scarfing. so you ran to the. Uh, I don't know if you went to the courtesy room or if you went to the some place that was selling stuff, but you got lunch. Yeah. And we're late to our panel. And was late to our panel. <laughs> <laughs> so I had seen ha- most of the show also. 
And is it is it the same it's show the same that he show. did at yeah. Comic Con? So. Very enjoyable. I could have gone and seen the last five minutes that I missed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Cause Darn it. That's all I'm – and that's, I'm sure, the, the last, last five, five minutes were really good. Yeah, though, <laughs> they really were. Um, a lot of great stuff in there. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than the – what new? What was new to me was standing room only. Really I hear. Yeah, standing room only. Both shows. Because so we went back Saturday or Sunday to his show, and he did it a little bit different. <laughs> he he had to condense it a little bit at, on Saturday because he. I think he thought he was going to have a full hour and only had forty five minutes. Oh. So he, he he at one point was like, "Oh, okay, we're running out of time. Let's we got to condense this a little bit." So, uh, cut out some of the jokes for the final final bit. Um, yeah, so the final one was because I'm trying to remember when we left for the what was the last bit you saw? I don't remember, Keith. There was the canine, there it was the contest, the Weeping Angel contest. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. After that, the Twelfth Doctor come back comes back out and figures out what's wrong. Well, don't give away the show to anybody who hasn't seen it. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Dalek. So he goes, he shrinks down and goes into the Dalek. Ah. And then this naked Dalek comes, that's my phone. This naked Dalek comes out and does a little dance. <laughs> and what we, what those on Saturday didn't get was on Sunday a couple of jokes of, because when the, when the uh, 12th Doctor shrinks down, he uses an action figure. And there's a really nice joke of, oh, I kind of wish you'd be even bigger. Uh, five point five and a half inches instead of three and three quarters, <laughs> <laughs> which was a half the crowd laughed really hard at that, and the other half was like, that, "I don't yeah. quite get it." And then there's a bit more. And I cut your news item. You had a perfect. <laughs> See, I cut your news item. Someday you'll listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I was doing. You didn't uh, fight hard enough for it. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of news in there. I'll just do it now. We're getting a 5.5 Peter uh, 12th Doctor action figure and a curator action figure. With (laughs) this just in (laughs) breaking news. (laughs) With Gallifrey Falls no more. Um, And then he uh, the wait the the painting. Yeah, the you get you get a little replica painting with him, the curator. Oh, I am so getting that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if it's actually 3D, but you know. well, well, but if it's uh, what do they call it, ventricular? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that would be a smart be way to do it. Sorry, uh, <laughs> go, go, go right ahead. But you didn't want to talk about that no, news no. article. Sorry. And then the uh, he comes, the twelfth doctor comes back out of. You guys probably enjoyed that, didn't you? You're weirdos, and, <laughs> uh, and then he goes on to talk about. No, there must be something else wrong. I think you're all dreaming. Who would come to Council Bluffs to see a Doctor Who puppet show? There must be dream crabs on your face. So I think that's where he's going with the next okay. next uh, show. Ah. Sean, what would you think of the whole thing? Now, he'll be at Time Eddie, right? No, he won't. Oh, that's too bad. He's, he's, uh, we talked to him uh, before the show, and he unfortunately is going to be in Germany ah. for work during Time Eddie. So. Too bad. Which yeah. we uh, – well – I thought that I knew this, but Keith was surprised. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. I, th- I thought it made pro- sense that I didn't realize that maybe I didn't know this. But he's a professional puppeteer in Kansas City. Yeah, That's what well, he I does. That. I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually, I knew that before we even ever saw him because uh, I'd gone to his website when I'd seen some of his um, original stuff posted. 
The other thing he did on Sunday after the show was he gave a little behind the scenes while he tore down. So he he took off the, the curtain and showed how the different puppets kind of worked and how he had things set up and how he was able to do certain things and uh, previewed a puppet that he had just finished the weekend before of the Seventh Doctor. Ooh. He's still working on the voice for the Seventh Doctor. It's not quite right, but he's working on it. But he was able to take the puppet last week to Fan Expo Dallas, I think it was, where Sylvester was. And Sylvester was able to meet the puppet and shake its hand. And <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. And, yeah, just really neat seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff. And he, had, he fielded some questions, too. Sorry, go ahead. What did you think of no, the puppet? No, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I think um, it, it, he, he definitely... It's, it's strange in a way that, you know, it is a puppet show and the adults vastly outnumber the children <laughs> in the audience and laugh just as hard in all the right spots. Yeah. I mean, there, there's something magical about it that the kids get into that, you know, it gets at, right at that age. But then there's something that's equally as entertaining for the, for the adults. And so it's just, it's just a wonderful experience. And if you ever, ever, ever get the chance to go see my corner in anything... With puppets, um, go. And apparently he's also doing he does, a funny uh, thing happened on the way to the Death Star. Yeah, apparently he's going to be doing that in Kansas City soon. So we might have to make a special trip over to check it out. He, they, they had a sh- uh, showing of that on Friday night. Right. Which, which unfortunately we missed because yeah. we didn't get up there until Saturday. Uh, the other uh, thing of, I think... I think he had that at Planet Comic Con. Yeah, he did. Friday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the other major thing of note from the Sunday performance also, before we move on from the timeline of the puppet show, is somebody asked him uh, if he had heard from the BBC about the puppet show. And he said he had not heard good or bad. Oh, good. So but- if they're aware of it, they're okay with it. If not, don't let them know, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that night we did... A very successful, I think, Saturday night edition of Friday Night Who. Uh, We were a little concerned going into it that we wouldn't get two projectors. But we were able to get it set up and good good to go. And And thank you, Steve. Was it Steve or Steven? I think Steven. Steven. Thank you, Steven, for uh, being the, the... more technologically savvy than I am, uh, guru <laughs> well, that's who the, ran that's, everything. Yeah, that was the great thing. They had this one guy dedicated to just the panel rooms and the tech in it because it's all his equipment too. So he was able to focus on just that and hop in and out of each panel room as needed. And uh, they had the auction ahead of us, but and so we pretty much had the the big panel room plus the second panel room because they kind of widened it out for that. But we had uh, about 15 people, I counted. 15, 20, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we had a larger crowd last year for it, but I think the crowd this year was a little more into it, yeah. if that makes I sense. I think there I were more people they, tweeting they, along. They were tweeting and, along and, and laughing at, at, at some of the comments that were made. And watching the tweets more than the episode, I think, or at least equally. And I think I followed uh, three or four new people off of that. So. Yeah, and we talked to several people afterwards about uh, who and and our podcast and uh, yeah. So I think it, I think it was a res- another resounding success, and I think uh, we're, we're starting to work even more of the kinks out of it. I think uh, I had an idea earlier that I'll well, share. It's about I'll, time I'll, that I'll share <laughs> off the mic. Four years that I think will solve one of the other problems we had uh, this time. 
initially, but it's uh yeah, it was really good. And then Saturday, uh, Sunday, we ended the con with my uh, Simon's show, My Dalek Has a Puncture. Which is, um, it's still, this, now, he debuted it here, right? This was, no, I don't think he did. I think no, he's, he's done it. Has he been doing it in the UK? Has he been doing it in the UK? Is this the US debut? Yeah, that, that might be. could possibly That be. very well could uh, be. I've seen a lot of uh, press and publicity. Although he did. In the UK, but I hadn't seen anything here. Well, I won't say that because that might be in the interview that we got. <laughs> might be. <laughs> might be. Assuming it's there. Um, it was a very enjoyable one. It is. A, it is. It is a very enjoyable one man show. It is. Um, he, he, he is uh, basically kind of covering all of the, the the questions that he gets asked, kind of on a repetitive uh, re- repeti- repetitive basis. Uh, with the one-man show, a lot of it stems of you know how did you get into the industry. It, the, the, this this one-man show it's going to be a, it's going to be a three-part story essentially. The first part is his childhood leading up to getting Doctor Who, um, and then part two will be Doctor Who, and then part three will be how his life has changed since Doctor Who. That's cool. Yeah, and so it's it's also in in part with a biography he's written. So there's a book that's going to be coming out uh, this fall that you can pick up if you can't go to one of his one-man shows. And it, it covers his childhood and very interesting stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's a bit one-man show comedy, a bit one-man show almost motivational speaking where he's trying to inspire those and giving some sage advice from his experiences in life. Really enjoyable. There's a lot of great anecdotes he has in his uh, his show. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And again, Simon is a, a, a just a joy to listen to. So it's it's definitely something that if you have the opportunity, I highly recommend it. I can I can see that because the first part of it is kind of um, industry based. That maybe there's part of it that I found much more intriguing than maybe some somebody who's not looking to get into acting or. Uh, or dealing with show business, um, you know, may not or, quite or enjoy as much. Or those who don't know much or aren't interested in British show business. Even. Yeah. Because that, that was what I found more. Yeah, it. it's yeah. a very different uh, how they approach things. But, uh, yeah, I, I was I was riveted. I, I thought it was really, really intriguing. And, and some great stories came out of that as well. And, again, for, for happening at the very end of the con on a Sunday, which, you know, everybody's tired and everybody's grumpy and it's been a long weekend and a lot of fun. But, you know, you're still blah. At the, for he still had as good of a crowd as he did on Sunday. I was really impressed that, that people stuck around. And, of course, um, you know, we, we focused mainly on Simon. But, of course, they, for British Fest, they also had um, – Mark Ryan returned, who's been on, uh, you know, that uh, Robin Hood, uh, Robin, was it Robin of Sherwood? Robin of Sherwood. Um, and he's the voice of uh, Bumblebee. He returned for this year. Um, Bill Brewer, who we unfortunately did not get to talk to very much. He was the second Doctor impersonator. Um, we caught up with him just really kind of at the end of the show. He's kind of like, um, he was British Fest Tony Lee. <laughs> we kept he, looking for he him. He was never at his table. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I asked, and, and uh, <laughs> Michelle kind of said... 
you're just going to have to track him down. We can't chain him to the chair. You know, he's just, he's often, often running. So, but he apparently had a blast too. And he's, he's been raving about it all over his social media. Yeah. And uh, so we, we cornered him for just a little bit at the end and, you know, told him how much we were looking forward to actually sitting down and interviewing him at time editing and getting oh, some, good. getting some time with him. And he's, he's very excited about that. And Moose's prop room is even bigger and even more impressive. Uh, he's added more stuff to it. A couple more people bought, brought a couple Daleks. So there's a uh, Sherlock door now? There's a Sherlock door. He also, I don't know where he got the door, but it's one part of the TARDIS door. That, I think, actually was uh, on loan from another vendor. Okay, I, I wasn't that sure they brought who that, that was, in. but it was full of autographs of people, different people from the show. So that was kind of cool, cool to look over. I saw the pictures. Yeah. yeah the, post, it's really cool. Which there are pictures now. I'm, I'm getting them uh, finally. But, but, you know. Okay, so can I gripe about the iTunes or no, whatever this is allowed, update? You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. No, just, whatever this photos no, thing no, is no, that they've no, switched no, it to, no, I no, hate. I, I hate it. Bear with us, folks. Go to. Go here. <laughs> Can't we do this off microphone? Go there. No, because i got to vindicate. No, go here. And wait ten minutes for it to open up. And... Um, Scroll this way. There it is. Open that. Why did it switch just, over? Just open that, and I'll get you set up so that it opens that every time. Oh, thank you don't God! Have to use pictures. I hate pictures. Yeah, I don't like it either. It's, I, it's I'll, not I'll friendly. It's yeah, the other one was simple it's, and it's idiot proof, and I computer, loved it. Still in your computer. And this update came along and said, "We've changed everything that you liked about it and made it stupid." And I went. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but anyway, um, and then uh, uh, Adrian Paul yeah. uh, you know, from Highlander was there, uh, very graciously stepping in kind of last minute to replace, I forget who the other guest was that couldn't make James it. James Connery. Yes. Oh, yeah, Jason Connery. Jason Connery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he said it like he had a really good con, and, and everybody was well-behaved, and like I said- I, A lot of great cosplay. I wish we'd been there Friday, quite honestly. Yeah. It sounded like Friday was really a hopping day, and, and, and some of the Harry Potter people were great, and, and Friday- I. You can't tell, unfortunately, from the photos that I've just uploaded, because I don't. Once again, I don't feel like I took enough photos. Oh yeah, I should have just given the camera to Sarah and said, "Here, go nuts." <laughs> um, you see somebody in costume, take a picture of them. But um, great stuff uh, again, and yeah, uh, a lot of really good stuff. A lot of Doctor Who presence, of course. Um, and uh, from what I understand, the the costume contest was a resounding success. Also, we didn't make it to that. That's good. Which I had hoped to, but. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm looking forward to next year. Hopefully, we'll be invited back. Yes, we didn't get a chance to talk to Moose again. <laughs> He's so busy running around. But <laughs> I think we saw him all of maybe five minutes the entire yeah. weekend. He was. Yeah. He he did compliment us on our selfie before we left. So yeah, he liked the selfie, and we complimented on the show when we when we were leaving. But yeah, that was about it. That was about it. So if you are once again in the area and. At all, if, if assuming they do this again next year, if you are at all able to make it out, I highly recommend it. If you're into British stuff or Doctor Who or, or us uh, or, or anything, because it's you don't have to be in does. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> and if you just don't have start- to be ugly, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> if you just started listening to us because you saw our table or came to our panel or talked to us in person, welcome. And this is us. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty much what you're going to get every week. 
Uh, feel free to drop us a line at feedback at travelingthevortex.com. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you did uh, see us at uh, British Fest and came to us that way. And send us your photos. We'd love, yeah. we'd, we'd, we'd love to know that we were in a few of them. <laughs> yeah, and if, uh, friend us on Facebook and tag us in any photos that we might be in. And obviously the same uh, holds true that I, I make this statement. I don't think I make it enough, but of what little photos we did take. If you're in the selfie, tag please yourself. tag yourself. Even if, if you, you can't see yourself, tag if, yourself. If, if, if you know you're, you know there, you're there, yeah, just, just just go for it because we, you know, the more the merrier. We, we are not, uh, we're not snobbish. Not at all. <laughs> So, but yeah, once again, I think uh, British Fest, second British Fest, 2015 was a resounding success. Yes. Good job, Moose. And the entire crew. And the entire staff. And the Mac Center people were, were, yeah. were the, the, the custodians and the food people. Everybody was super friendly and just, just above board. Yep. All right. Well, well, let's wrap this up then. Uh, anything else we need to mention before we? Uh... You're supposed to give me my cue now. What's coming up on the schedule? Thank you. I was getting there. Oh, were you? Is there anything you, else you we need like to you talk were... about about British Fest? I, I think I think we covered it all. All right. What's coming up next on the schedule? There it is. It's stealing my thunder. <laughs> Last week it's him. This week it's you. <laughs> Last week you forgot. <laughs> no, no, I was talking about the well. Oh, the well, the well. Okay. <laughs> I think he was ready to do news again. <laughs> Going to the well. Uh, this week for Friday Night Who, uh, which is back to Friday Night at Midnight, Keith's... One of my favorites. Almost favorite of all time, but but maybe There were Cybermen in it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> is Ghost Light with the Seventh Doctor. Um, and we determined this one's not available on DVD, but it is available on... Amazon Prime and iTunes. iTunes and iTunes. So you, not Amazon Prime. I'm sorry, just Amazon. Just Amazon. So you you have, you have to purchase it. You can stream it to purchase. It's not free on Amazon Prime. Gotcha. And it's uh, to purchase on iTunes. Yes. Okay. But it's available digitally, so you you can get it. Um, but the DVD is out of print, so there's and it's not on Netflix. But there's there's two options for you, so you can join us for that one. Um, our show next week, we will be reviewing some big finish stuff. We are going to do. Um, uh, number 59, The Roof of the World, and number 69, Three's a Crowd, both starring uh, Peter Davison as the Fifth Doctor. So those are the next two stories in his arc. Uh, and then uh, the following week is The Curse of Fenric, which is available on Netflix, uh, although also out of print on DVD, unfortunately. Uh, and then we will be reviewing The Curse of Fenric and Big Finish number 67, Dreamtime. And then finishing out July is Survival for Friday Night Who?, and then uh, our episode number 240 is a companion archive on Ace. And we're going to do the Ace Trilogy, Ghosts, Light, Curse of Fenric, and Survival. And uh, Glenn will give us his opinion of the book. Me too. And you too. And maybe me if I get to it. So that uh, that's kind of what you have looking forward to in July. All right. Anything else we need to touch on before we close the show? Nope. Nope. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.